0: We are now recording. This is out now with Aaron and Abe. I am Aaron, and Abe is uh, not here; he's on assignment. But out now is a film podcast where Abe and I normally discuss new movies weekly. However, every now and then, like we have special bonus episodes, whether well, it's one of our fun commentary tracks or something a little bit different. But this is one of our fun commentary tracks. It's our commentary for September twenty twenty three? We have got past superhero summer, and we're now in a, a non named month of time. We're just going to do a new commentary, and for this month's commentary. Uh, We are talking, in honor of its 30th anniversary, we're going to be talking about the film True Romance from director Tony Scott and writer Quentin Tarantino, featuring a cast of many, many recognizable people. Joining me to discuss True Romance, we have from Why So Blue and host of the Brandon Peters Show. He's got everything going from a diddle-eyed Joe to a damned if I know. It's Brandon Peters.
1: I want to dedicate tonight's podcast to Cody. This one's for you. Uh,
0: Also joining us from Movies, Flicks, and Films. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> from <sorry. laughs> it's just like how sullen it was remove <laughs> for movies films, and the and deep blue sea the podcast he must have thought it was white boy day it's mark hoffmeyer
2: thank you thank you very much for having me on thank you thank you
0: and joining us from the milky way blues he's in need of some beer and some cleaning products it's yancey burns hey guys glad to be here how are you all doing this evening <sighs> i'm
2: i'm good good i'm ready for this i haven't yeah, watched I this movie in a, in a minute so I, yeah. i've been it's gonna be good
1: Prepped last wait. week watch both cuts i'm psyched about it so
0: did you watch both cuts
1: i did because I, I was like I, we normally do theatrical editions and i put out the question out and i was already watching i was like we doing the what cut are we doing and then after i already finished you were like director's cut i was like oh well so i watched it the next day while i was working so
0: well, that is something good to note right now. Yes, we are to talk the director's cut of True Romance. The film is pretty widely available at this point, so it shouldn't be too hard to find said film if you plan to watch along as we talk, which is the next part of this thing. If you plan to watch along while we talk, uh, we currently have the film paused five seconds in on our respective Blu-rays, 4Ks, and what have you um so uh eventually i'm going to count down from the from three and on the sound of go we're all going to press play and just start talking over the movie so if you want to sync it up do that and then all you have to do is uh sit back and listen if you are just listening to listen you're good you are good to go you don't have to do anything you just have to not press pause and keep listening to this commentary um yeah i think that's everything we need to go over here are we all good we good to go ready to count oh, ready down. To rock. all right let's do this three two one go Tony. All right, true romance mm-hmm. 93, coming right after the summer of 93. Yeah, adding a plug in there. <laughs> um, this is one of my favorite movies ever. Um, uh, I really like true romance, it's my favorite Tony Scott film, a director I really like a lot. Uh, we will talk as we normally do about when we all first saw this movie, and I'll go first because I did not see this movie in theaters, much like most of the world. <laughs> um, <laughs> <laughs> um this film I saw after Reservoir dogs and like had come to like DVD like after that like that slate in the early 2000s when Reservoir dogs and um Pulp fiction and Jackie Brown were, like finally coming to DVD for the first time mm-hmm. and I was just then reading about this film that existed apparently that had all these people in it so that was written by Tarantino and directed by Tony Scott about a comic book guy who, you know, get, gets a girl and drives across country and has all these adventures. And I'm like, why have I not seen or heard about this movie before? So I rented it, um and I watched it, and I really, really enjoyed it. And I've I've done <laughs> done so ever since. This is a this is a movie I know very, very well. Much like your Lebowski's or your. I don't know. What movies have we done here? T2. Uh, mm-hmm. This movie, I know pretty backwards and forwards as far as the scenes, the dialogue and what have you, because I just, it it really plays for me. Well, it's just a really fun film. Uh, but that's enough about me. Uh, let's, uh, Brandon, when did you first see True Romance?
1: Uh, I think I saw it around the time Kill Bill came out was when I first saw it. I was in college and it kind of just, I just, I knew of Natural Born Killers being this movie that Tarantino wrote, but didn't direct. Uh, and then there's this one and I just never I don't know why, why I never got around to it or something like that but um that was around the time yeah the college uh DVDs stuff like that uh picked I think I rented it on VHS though from uh we had a family video in college town that was <laughs> uh two VHss for a buck and you got them uh for a long time but uh saw it um definitely hits the spot uh, with things uh terms of uh and it was always what was the director's cut was the vhs too even right
0: i believe so yeah
1: yeah um but um yeah it's uh real interesting it's i've been more fascinated with it in my older age then uh i think it's a lot more interesting that i then i gave it credit it was just kind of this cool movie and then i'm looking through and there's a there's a lot um of stuff of like tarantino's that shines through in here his script and stuff that uh, we'll get into. Um but yeah, uh definitely this is a this is an awesome movie. Um that I like too.
0: Well, uh <laughs> keep going here. I just want to point out the only <laughs> the only
1: reason I know about
0: Sunny Chiba was because of this movie. Like this is oh, the first okay. time I'd ever heard of Sunny Chiba because because of True Romance, because of this triple feature that Clarence is going to go to for his birthday.
1: It wasn't the uh Street Fighter trailers on the uh, Rumble in the Bronx VHS I... from the 90s. <laughs> I
0: don't recall. I because I, I, I certainly rented that VHS. I don't recall having the the, Sunday, the Sunny Chiba uh, trailers mm-hmm. on there, or at least I fast forwarded yep. through.
2: Um, it was Tarantino that introduced me to Jackie Chan as well. So, Sunny Chiba for you, Terrence, uh, Jackie Chan for me. I just remember him talking about him. So, like he opened my world up to a whole different country of cinema. It was pretty cool when I was mm-hmm. like 13.
1: Yeah, Rolling, Th- uh, Rolling Thunder Pictures, his VHS label that he would put out, uh, stuff. Yeah, on there. Yeah, he, he got. He he um he and um Sage Stallone were the ones who actually brought the actual correct cut of the beyond or Seven Doors of Death that they in the late nineties they finally got it because every time you rented it, it and for the longest time, even through the two thousands, it was problematic. You would get this chopped up real I and mean, not that the film's very coherent to a, a normie uh, themselves, but it was even less so in the uh United
3: States cut. Seven Doors of Death. Is that the Seven cut? We doors- were- Yep,
0: <laughs> the um the opening credits that we're talking over right now which just lists every person is somebody you know that's either became like really big or remained just like a notable character actor um we'll talk about all this stuff but like Hans Zimmer's score here obviously evoking Badlands um mm-hmm. and the the juxtaposition of like the simplicity of that music in front of all of this like Detroit footage that's like mm-hmm. very much emphasizing that it's like Detroit and like you know, not the great parts of Detroit. <laughs> it's the right. yeah, it's a, it's an area that's cold and has homeless people living in it, and has darker areas or what have you. It's really interesting choices, but like the music gets you going. And then you have um, Patricia Arquette starting the starting the voiceover, which again evokes Sissy Spacek and Badlands. Um, but anyway, uh, Mark, let's go to you. When, when did you first see *True Romance*?
2: I just want to say I'm really happy that there's a deep blue sea. Reunion. Well, I guess Deep Blue Sea was the reunion of Michael Rapaport and Samuel L. Jackson. It it's a nice true scene. romance. Re- it's a reunion. Yeah. yeah, true. Yeah, there is uh, those, two, those
0: two characters true. that very much engaged with each other in this
2: movie. <laughs> uh, Deep but, blue know, romance. This, I was just looking at the opening weekend. We'll talk about that later. But this movie has always just existed for me on on home video. Like I, I remember The Fugitive in a the theater. Hard Target. Like. I remember a lot of the you films... You remember but... Box
0: Office Hits, The Fugitive, and Hard Target being a dude. Yeah. Yeah. I just...
2: <laughs> but, like, it, it's weird that a movie like this would just completely go under my radar. I was, I was 11 when this came out, but I was still watching pretty much everything. And what led me to this was I watched Reservoir Dogs, then I watched Pulp Fiction. And then I was like, oh, Tarantino. So then I learned about, what, Crimson Tide. And then my brother and I got a hold of True Romance, and this became his favorite film. So I probably watched this around... 13 or 14 and I distinctly remember the feeling of like the the fight that's coming up in the in the in the motel I was like this is over my head but I like loved every second of it because a dude from the professional was in it I wasn't a Slater guy but it was just cool seeing Brad Pitt in there like it was it was a it was a pretty sweet movie I was just getting used to Tarantino's dialogue so I, I just I'll always remember watching this for the first time but like I knew nothing about it when it came out for some reason I mean it was in the theaters for three weeks but yeah, when I when I watched it it was on VHS tape and I loved it. I've loved it ever since.
0: If this movie came out like in 95 or like right after Pulp Fiction, would have been <laughs> <Yeah>. easy. <Yeah. laughs> like it's mm-hmm. it would it would have fit right
1: in in that role. Well, I mean it, there was a lot of knockoffs of them that wouldn't that didn't really take off Yeah, good. but this is the genuine yeah. article, right? This is actually yeah. Tarantino. Yeah.
2: I got to say though I was not ready for where this movie took me. Like I just was I guess I wasn't ready to Tarantino's kind of dialogue with the you know all the Sicilians and then just the blood like and then like just the whole standoff like this uh, I was pretty much open for anything but yeah this movie this movie goes for it. I think this was probably my introduction to Tony Scott too. I don't know if I'd maybe Top Oh Top Gun I'd watch. All kids watch The Hunger when they're really young though. Yeah. So. <laughs> yeah, I saw that when I was 8. And um <laughs> really led me towards art and vampirism as a child. Yeah. But no, it's, no, yeah, this, I don't know, this this movie was a pretty cool experience just watching with my brother, brother probably like around 95, 96 on VHS.
3: Yeah.
2: Well, Yancy, how about you? When
0: did you first see True Romance?
3: Dating myself again by uh, you guys. but You I were saw, there.
0: You were at the theater. <laughs>
3: I saw this opening day for sure. Look at that. <laughs> I, I had been hit by a, I would have been 20 years old or almost 19. i mean, Reservoir Dogs the year before was an absolute thunder strike that, that really, really felt like the first time someone had made a, a movie, that a new movie, a new filmmaker that really, really just I can't I can't explain how much it resonated with me and thrilled me. And even more so than Spike Lee and the and the Cohen brothers and Soderbergh, who I sort of 16, 17 years old, was aware of them as the new sort of it brought you back to time. your diamond heist days. What it brought you back to your diamond heist days. I'm just saying that, <laughs> <laughs> that it was a, it was a tremendous, yeah. It just blew me away. Sort of 50% Scorsese and 50% everything else. The energy was Scorsese, the sort of manic macho comic violent just barreling forward and the reliance on basically characters who talked about things that were completely awful and amoral and you just had to know that the person writing this didn't believe these things um i just loved it so i was of course very excited about this and natural born killers coming especially natural born killers because it was oliver stone i at the time would not have been a tony scott fan sort of imperceptive Person that I was probably influenced by Siskel and Ebert and some other people. I didn't like Top Gun at the time, and I wouldn't have been a fan of his. So the fact that he was doing this would have been a debit against it. And indeed, when I saw it, I didn't like it much, and it's taken it's taken decades for me to warm up to it much much more than I than I initially did. But at first, I was disappointed. It didn't feel like what I wanted from the the Reservoir Dogs rush. Uh, you know.
0: Yeah. I hear you. I'm uh I'm looking at Slater right now and I'm seeing he is he dyeing his hair here? Is he like jet black hair?
1: It's a it's a yeah, it's a uh, maybe it's the lighting coming off his hair too. I mean
0: throughout the entire movie?
1: <laughs> like, uh, it's mm-hmm. it's
0: like black belt. It is very yeah. Elvis dyed yeah. his hair. Is he dying his hair uh-huh. like uh, yeah, hair? yeah, yeah, be yeah. Like, that that you know makes what? the most right, sense. Right, right. Yeah, it's yeah. the Elvis thing.
3: He has some puffy side a funny hair. There's fun thing you notice in this right away. He talks about Elvis and Janis Joplin and someone else from the past mm-hmm. right away. Tarantino is announcing, and this Christian Slater character is, is the closest to Tarantino of any. Right, Tarantino
1: that's what I was gonna ever. say. Yeah, this is the this is really the only time you know, like not him being in a movie, but like him. Yeah putting he, himself as the he hero. Has his own
0: Woody Allen character in this movie and
3: right. someone else <laughs> making the movie, I think is very key here. I think that if, yeah. if Tarantino had directed this, it would be a very, very different movie for sure. And I think the fact that he didn't is probably have I since later years, I've come to really love Tony Scott, of course. So now I'm very glad Tarantino didn't direct this because this it, it, Tony Scott got Scott gives us a, a little bit of a twist of a perspective on these characters. They seem a little in, you know, Christian Slater's character seems a little more insane than he probably would have seemed in the version Tarantino directed, directing an actor cast to basically play himself, mm-hmm. which wouldn't have been someone like Christian Slater, which initially turned me off because he's sort of a pretty boy. And, I, and he was doing the Jack Nicholson thing still a lot. So I held it against this movie for a long time that you had this very good looking guy playing I know it's set in Detroit now, but the the memories Tarantino is, is pillaging our LA memories and comic book stores and video stores. There were no guys working there who looked like Christian Slater. They were all slobby. This is an
1: LA comic store we're in right now too. There's no, I, i would highly doubt do they have them in comic- detroit do they yeah. even have
3: these in detroit
1: they had comic book stores but a two-story one that looks like a tattoo parlor like yeah, you can't, well, i mean the, you what you're hitting
3: from what you're from manhattan gonna, beach to hollywood you got to drive from detroit yeah. to Hollywood. what, what you're already talking about right now, now
0: though is the fact this is a fantastical film like this right. is a, this yeah. film does well, this not exist is, in reality well, it's like a fairy tale well, right they, they, it's a
2: fairy tale is, love story This
1: is like streets of fire's brother in terms of visual like this is i mean that's what tony scott's bringing to this that i don't think tarantino would have like there's this like yeah, Streets of Fire Noir that's going on with what this movie looks like. Uh, and the way he, you know, is able to capture these characters and tell the he story. He sees
3: them more innocently than Tarantino would have. I think he has an affection for them as someone who's older that Tarantino wouldn't have seen in his version, I don't think. Which, which is, is very,
0: which is that's interesting because like it's it's Tony Scott films, like they aren't all they aren't very sweet. Like this is like <laughs> one of his more right. sweeter films in terms of like what these characters represent and the fact that you want them to succeed and they do by the end of it like you, you want know. them to
3: succeed but they're so amoral and they do something at the beginning that is so there's stupid
1: top gun part Two, right here
3: yeah i mean i mean that <laughs> <it> would, <laughs> never, be. That's would never be in, when, in tarantino's <laughs> filmography there's one love scene and that's robert de niro and bridget fonda for two seconds yeah, and and it's,
1: a, it's and for humor it's, too
3: you would never do a sex scene ever. So this scene would never have been in it. And it makes this movie feel a little more vulnerable and real. Mm-hmm. It would never be. This is like a sincere song playing that was probably new at the time.
0: It's very much akin to Tony Scott's style. Well, it I
1: looks mean. just like Top Gun's love scene. Like it, it's yes. really close. They never would
3: have been this scene in a Tarantino film of it. They never would have been a sex scene, uh, you know, and he would have been a very different. Eric, it would have been—I'm sure—more of a Tim, Tim the elephant kind of. Well, you talk about the—I know—we
0: can talk about that in a second. You could, we talk—you talk about like the, what, the, what the Clarence character would have been, and yeah, because at the idea of the script originally was that it'd be non-linear, much like his other, like you know, Pulp Fiction, for example. Yeah. It you would—it'd be more of a mystery surrounding Clarence, so you wouldn't have to have this immediate idea of who he's supposed to be. Compared to this version, where you obviously want him to be the romantic lead. That's what Tony Scott's going for here, regardless of how dark they they go with the character this early on there's the tarantino version of this movie we wouldn't like see clarence for a while we'd see like other scenes before we finally like got to him to begin with so you'd have like all this idea of what he's supposed to be and then like someone else and not uh, christian slater someone else would show up and like embody what that's supposed to be here's the fun fact i'm going to point out harvey weinstein who's an executive producer on this film um and you know uh, america's hero uh but he wanted someone like uh, like a buscemi for this role uh, that's that was his idea. He told that to That to makes more you know? sense. Yeah, and the result of that was he was fired from WB for suggesting this idea. So, oh, <laughs> that's,
3: wow, and that, that's it how, makes more sense that it should be a schlub than this sort of rockabilly dude. Yeah, you Just can Tarantino see Tarantino you know wanted Robert running Gerardine a comic book store. That's, that's for the not a hard
0: stretch.
1: Well, I mean, I mean, t- Slater works in a way that, like, oh, he he's... does in this movie. He, like i can buy it as his you know nerd i mean they let a lot of his acne show through the like makeup and stuff but like he's he's there looks wise but like the way he dresses the way he behaves if you talk to him for two seconds it kind of takes away from his looks and he's revolting and he i think slater plays that quite well yeah it's like mark
2: (laughs) he's got a shifty energy that i like slater he's always got that just i don't know he's just you know, he's kind of
3: a pain in the ass. So I think he, he kind of works in this movie for me at least. Yeah. I he, mean, does work, so he works for me now. He didn't used to. Now I think yeah. he because what he's about to do, what this character does in deciding to go kill uh, Drexel. Drexel is a completely irresponsible, stupid thing that puts them in a situation where they probably did deserve to die at the end. They could be out of town and away from Drexel. And he didn't he hasn't even threatened to come after them. What he does is a completely macho responds you it's sort of grandfathering in Drexel as an offender once he's married or now I got to go kill Drexel because he pimped yeah. you out before you married me it's insane and it stopped me from being able to get into this movie for a long time but now I buy it because I realize that in a version where they die they're living in this insane bubble and it is kind of like Badlands although he's not crazy like Martin Sheen seems like he's a, a, he's, a he's a sociopath the <laughs> Rube and he's also a Rube and this guy is a comic book store pop culture guy it's hard to believe he, it's a big thing to swallow that he would go and kill drexel that's the yeah it's, it's the it's the buy-in
0: it. for this movie and, the, when and that she have, would then say that's really
3: romantic is you're in or out on that i I,
0: I buy it see i buy it with her and i think patricia arquette's very good in this movie mm-hmm. right. I, but yeah. i she's a character who clearly has a backstory that we're not being privy to but there's right. i mean the fact that she's with drexel and in this position to begin with just implies so much as far as where she had to come from to get to this point in her life where Clarence seems like a guy who's this is it. Like, he hasn't done much at all in all of his life. Like, he's just he's just a... He like, can't even get a girl before uh, his boss hires one yeah, for you him. he can't get the mom from The Crow. He had to see Sonny Chiba movies with
3: him. That's, like, right? <laughs> That's <laughs> Unforgiven. What are you talking about?
1: Well, I love the dialogue where he's like, go oh, see a Kung Fu movie with you and he's like... Kung Kung <laughs> I <movies." laughs> love that that delivery. Slater's great with that delivery. Like, yeah. Uh, and, you know, it's it's kind of interesting here. Like we have not only this, but like both Tarantino's movies that come out here that he didn't direct, that someone else did, are like couple on the run movies, which he doesn't have one himself. And then we also, at the same time, Lynch has wild at heart. It's a really weird mm-hmm. thing going on there. That you know, it's it's like okay, with well, everybody just wanted to do their Badlands at some point or.
3: <laughs> But they're all all three of those movies, the characters are doing these exaggerated characters, especially yeah. Nest Wild at Heart, they're really big, you know. I mean, you got Elvis,
1: like <laughs> mm-hmm. and and you got the girl that, that I mean, Laura durd and Patricia Garquette are very similar here. Uh, and of course very Juliet Lewis like
3: it's they're both Elvis, that's right. I hadn't thought of mm-hmm. that. The um if you want to talk about the
0: origins of the screenplay a little bit, like the obviously the natural born killers thing is a part of it where mm-hmm. Sure, romance. This shot looks
1: like okay. Hold on. This shot with sure Sherekat looking at him. George Lucas stole it and gave that to Darth Maul in Phantom Menace, where he said, "At last, we will reveal ourselves to the Jedi." Yeah, that that is the same fucking shot with the hood. <laughs> I I saw it. And I was like, "Holy shit!" It's it's that. Sorry. Continue, here.
2: Well, Lucas wouldn't do that, would he? He would I
1: don't. I don't know. Him. But it's it, it is on point. Like <laughs> like in the way. I was just stunned because you know I got Phantom Menace in my head I, I know the frames and I was like holy crap that is exactly that but probably incidental but they look exactly like anyway I, I,
0: I like when um Alabama explains her backstory and the tattoo artist is like yeah hardcore um the, <laughs> the the um the screenplay for this was originally one giant screenplay which was not only I mean it, it became this movie and Natural War Killers but from the 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 really? real get-go it was Reservoir Dogs, Pulp Fiction, True Romance, and Natural Born Killers—all in one giant like glob of writing—that obviously split apart. Um, mm. The this movie, he sold the screenplay off so he could fund Reservoir Dogs, Pulp Fiction. Just you know, he's whatever chunk that was. Just save that for Pulp Fiction, and then obviously the Natural Born Killers part eventually went over to Oliver Stone. We talked about this before. Did was there ever a fault? Like, did Tarantino obviously disapproved of? Natural born killers because it just was mm-hmm. it basically took all of all of him was out of it essentially and it's on an Oliver Stone movie. But was there ever any do we do we determine if there's any ever like follow-up as far as where Tarantino stands with natural born killers these days? I don't
3: think he's ever seen it. I don't think he's ever seen it. He mm-hmm. said and I also don't think a script of, of it has ever emerged, has I don't really know what his version would have been like, but the movie that came out is not a Tarantino picture, it's a Stone picture so yeah. I'd be curious to know what his Natural Born Killers was like. I mean it's just more of this without any social
0: commentary would be my assumption.
3: Can't imagine Natural Born Killers without that, su- that support of it being about you know, the framework for these people emerging. Which it, would, seem like would it's, it would probably be a
0: much more nihilistic film like, than, than than any of these. Probably the least. I just care, it was pretty nihilistic. My goodness. gift. I was saying, wait, I but like minus the I mean, compared to Reservoir Dogs, Pulp Fiction mm-hmm. and True Romance. I mean, I, it would be just the darkest of all of those uh here's sam jackson feel like to me
3: those, those those i think pulp fiction is later i think pulp fiction is the all right i've made it now i'm gonna yeah make for, my... well yeah he's had time to fight like that's the the chunky sliced off and put in the back these corner. first three do feel like i mean from They're what i tell, to each other romance yeah. and this feel like a, a incredibly hungry person who wants to make absolutely sure he knocks it out of the park the first time Look so out, he, hooper and he's two, you know <laughs> and he should um I will so,
2: say, if I could have one job in the industry, I would want to be Tony Tony Scott's smoke or fog guy. Like, just his, that's his my 80, credit.
0: His 80s fog guy.
2: I just roll with him and just like, you, you see all his 80s movies? I did that. <laughs> Beverly Hills Cop 2, that was my fake smoke.
1: I made sure that the cigarette smoke and the fog smoke were different <laughs> shades. That-
2: I had three different tubes of deaths, all different. I mastered fake small uh, fog for Tony Scott.
3: That'd be my one gig.
0: Mm-hmm. I would take that. We got our brief introduction. To same the same
3: guy. I just watched Flatliners and there was a scene where they're walking around and f- f- fog and smoke is just blasting out of the manhole mm-hmm. covers like full steam. I'm like, somebody had to go back there and put that fog down there. <laughs> and it out. I wonder who did that. <laughs> is this better tomorrow too?
0: Better tomorrow too. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Claire, it says a VHS collection.
1: See, like, um, yeah, through this, like, it's, you know, Tony Scott directed, but there are, there are silly, yeah. silly details, minute details of Tarantino's that stick here, like, that are all over the place, like, musical cues, what's on the TV, all that, like.
0: It's funny, because it's, Tarantino wasn't on the set at all for any of this, so it's like, I'm it's curious, the like, old
1: the Tony's
3: got to watch better Mark too. It was I know probably
1: in the script. It's He's that detailed, that he knows every pinpoint, and that's mm-hmm. probably why, you know, that's why He's Oliver. Doesn't like natural born killers, but like this to a T. Like you know, you got to have the reference this way. You got to have that clip on the TV's got to be this. It's got because you know the clip on the TV informs things like later in the movie, you know, blood bloodbaths things like that.
0: Well, it's interesting to think what that collaboration is, though, as far as Tony Scott like adhering to the screenplay that he had. You know, mm-hmm. like he must have believed yeah. in the project very much, so right
3: just for posterity i had better tomorrow to rent it out from video archives and i got a call from my friend robert who said we need that tape back tony scott needs to watch it that is my claim to fame i had made oh. me the same copy <laughs> and he's we need it back now tony scott wants to watch it so i know i at least had the i could have held on to it <laughs> and it wouldn't have appeared perhaps.
1: The, hell, the hell he is
3: yeah <laughs> i don't like tony <laughs> scott <laughs>
1: Do you say Ridley? No, Tony. Oh, okay. I'll bring it back. I'm coming <laughs> back when
3: Ridley wants it. I love I that get, Val Valley. You have a copy of this in Detroit, it's hard to believe because that was that was already a bootleg or an import or something I, that I'm gonna okay,
1: put this tape at the bottom of this bridge.
0: <laughs> Mark, what do you say about Val Kilmer?
3: Oh no, like Val Kilmer used to call Tony Scott and
2: leave voice messages singing as Elvis to get that role. Oh. Like Val Kilmer, you champion for the I read a oral history of this movie and like he used to champion for this spot like it just makes me laugh that he would just leave messages on tony scott's answering machine yeah he got it this this role yeah
0: and he got he got to be in hours of makeup to uh be in full elvis guys and then uh and they shot it Mm -hmm. so you could see it but they 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 edited they went with this as far as this Mm -hmm. kind of ambiguous mentor character that you can hardly see
3: who convinces him to go and, and really do insane things? It's an insane yeah, person. Yeah, because
0: as the media always right. told us, Elvis is a bad influence. I, no one listened, and here we are.
3: Elvis never, Elvis <laughs> never had <laughs> people and shoot him in the face and stuff. That's like, this character's weird version yet, of see, I'm
0: hearing you, but I'm seeing Clarence doing just that, so I don't know who to believe.
3: <laughs> and also,
0: ca- Val I'm Kilmer sure-
2: learned how to play guitar for Top Secret, and they were like, nah, just, just mimic it. Yeah, I, so I, he he gets all set up for Elvis. They don't should put him in there. He learns guitar top secret. They don't use it.
0: I'm sure there's probably essays written about the idea of Clarence and what his what what truly what truly pushed him to do the things that he does in this movie. You know, as far as his guiding motivations, because it's like it's one thing to be in love; it's one thing to have.
3: It's missing. I think there's something missing that would let us believe this guy would do this. I don't know what it would be—a scene or a line of dialogue—but I feel like it's quite a leap that this guy makes. I'm like, this guy's really crazy. He wants to go and. and... I mean, he's imagining Elvis talking to him in the bathroom, telling him to shoot somebody. I mean, so,
2: <laughs> which musician do you think would talk to you if you were in his position? Would you have Elvis?
3: Oh, I don't think so. <laughs> <laughs> I want like
2: Glenn Hansard or something. At least like he'd be like very—the accent would be great. It'd be uh, it'd be Charlie Tuna Fish from or *Jurassic 5.
1: I'd have got to go
2: do it.
3: <laughs> On Denver, sorry. Ooh, <laughs> do it! I like that. Drexel
2: spot
0: said- it looks like you're entering hell. <laughs> like, yeah. if like, these red windows and everything, the way and this, just, just the presentation of this. Now, it's not as though I think like other places like this are better, but. They certainly leave an impression watching when you walk into Drexel's spot, and it's like, "Okay, this is this is not a, a place you want to be involved with at all."
2: I like that Gary Oldman <laughs> got this role while drinking tea at the Four Seasons with Tony Scott, and then he became this character.
0: I love it. This is um. If you ask Gary what Olden I... what his favorite characters that he's played are, it's Lee Harvey Oswald in JFK and this Trexel. Hmm.
2: We're having a lot of Oliver Stone turnaround here. We got like the doors, yeah. we got natural born killers. Because that... all the same character actors and people were working at the same time. <laughs>
0: like, this is their, <laughs> this is all their stuff.
2: <laughs> yeah, you watch this, you watch JFK, you watch natural born killers, everyone pops up.
0: Yeah. You get a full meal watching those movies with the amount of characters that he plays there.
2: I remember watching this for the first time and just yeah this character hit differently i remember watching this this was i was not expecting this i loved it
0: this is right. my my mom was a huge fan of gary oldman like she mm-hmm. loved ron stoker's dracula oh yeah Um, and this was her this is easily her favorite scene in this
2: movie
0: <laughs> Like <laughs> this whole stuff when he says white boy day she cracks up
1: oh <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah dracula this the professional like
2: oh, run what a run just
0: some Beethoven, himself. the most badass of them all,
2: yeah, right. Immortal Beloved,
0: exactly. It just sounds badass. That had a great sounds, trailer. That sounds darker than Dracula, Immortal Beloved. Yeah.
1: <laughs> Immortal Beloved,
0: tracks oh, oh, back. Beethoven, <laughs> man. Remember how there's a Beethoven movie of Gary Oldman and nobody talks about it? <laughs> Bernard Rose, right? Yeah, yeah. Oh. The same with like Ridley doing a Christopher Columbus movie that cost a lot of money and nobody talks about that ever. I was like, Oh, yeah, that did happen, I guess. Oh, yeah, Fifth
1: <laughs> Element. Forgot.
0: Well, yeah, yeah, he's sold bad guy, right? Oh, wow. Yeah, he's just lost yeah, in space, of course, Brandon. Oh, yeah, we did Air Force <laughs> oh, <yeah>. One.
1: Okay, <laughs> Air I thought, Force One. I was like, yes. this is this is the same time as Romeo is bleeding. I figured that. Yeah, this is, yeah. 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 Where he's so, playing. Exact same year. I was yeah. like, is this yeah. like, this is like the year before or something, but.
0: Yeah. This dedication to like, because he's not <laughs> in this movie much. He's like, he's got a whole nope. face scar. He's got a face. You don't forget him.
2: <laughs> no, you definitely <laughs> he's don't.
0: Dreads, obviously, all of his dialogue.
1: <laughs> like, if he if this was a stage play, the standing O might start when he comes out early on because of how how funny for good he is and
2: some good light work
1: oh, this is pure Tony Scott. You
2: could yeah.
0: identify the director from this scene. Mm-hmm. Like, that's the way it's There's well, some set good up. smoke
2: going on right there. That would have been me.
0: And it all, the, like, the lamp is what throws me off the boat. The fact there's this hanging lamp that's all the way down to, like, just above the table. <laughs> it's such a weird choice.
1: And you know what's funny? When I was watching this uh, movie, and uh, Christian Slater, you know, he's talking about comic books and being all this comic book nerd, which is Tarantino coming out and stuff like that and be like look these guys don't hate comic books and stuff they just want better movies made out or they they see them in a different sect of movie making that they, like because like people are like oh they hate comic like these guys read comic books man like, like woody allen read comic books like this this isn't a it's funny like these people think these guys are anti this and it's like no there's just there's a there's a different light in seeing the world of film And the current state of what they are or where they place them compartmentally in terms of cinema and stuff. Woody Allen was a huge Todd McFarlane, Venom 90s fan.
0: He When he he tosses... (laughs) He t- what if that was true when he tosses like all of his food for one thing i'm like oh that's all your food now you're not gonna, you're gonna toss it that- there's so many things around you Now you could toss something else but then i like when he just like leaps at him like in the next scene when- <laughs> he's being grabbed by the other guy <laughs> he's know, like he comes- a leopard I yeah like exactly <laughs> <laughs> the fucking <laughs> the robe he's wearing
2: yes <laughs> <laughs> if you wear that you better be live and be able to jump on people
0: yeah see like i get the-, the like the idea of like you have to buy into all of this it's the fact that he survives this where that's where i'm like so this is not this is not a real world anymore like there's no <laughs> version of this that exists where he's able to get over both you know the pimp and his massive bodyguard but by the skin of his teeth <laughs>
3: like why does he have to kill him
0: i mean he doesn't have to do any of this. there's a lot of things he doesn't have to do none of this about like it's just killing him out of some very regressive jealousy well i mean he's killing it because it's him or it's one or the other at this point like he he, what he didn't have to do was walk in there of an attitude offer an 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 empty envelope for the sake of a prop just to make a point that's what he didn't have to do like that that's what sealed his fate as far as i guess these guys are gonna have to kill this guy
1: well he also he sees things in extremes he's he comes in quoting the mac so he thinks life is like the movies where yeah, no, she's never he, never going to get out of this unless he kills them or takes them out like he's trying to be portray what he sees in movies that's why i it, can
0: accept this because yeah. it seems very clear that he's his life has been informed by the stuff that he's consuming so mm-hmm. like and now he's in the in the first time in his life where he has this new love he is very much like say, OK, I'm going to use all the stuff that I've learned that makes sense to me, a person that's obsessed with comic books and movies and what have you. And I'm going to use that as my energy to push my way through to get what I want out of all of this.
1: Yeah. I mean, like he Patricia Arquette's a whole new world for him. He's seen things a whole like he's he's alive now, like he's never been paid attention to. I mean, I don't think he's a virgin, per se, but. He, he's um, what
0: like what's Christian Slayer at this point, like mid 20s? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So you know he's he's had a bit of a life. He had, his his best friend Dick Richie moved to L.A. Right. <laughs> um, his whatever's gone on of his parents. His mom's gone, and his dad's an alcoholic mm-hmm. cop who mm-hmm. he basically estranged from. So I mean, like, yeah, he's, he's got nothing going for him beyond the comic book shop and seeing mm-hmm. Sonny Chiba movies every now and then.
2: Yeah. And shooting Gary Oldman into balls.
0: Yeah, this shit's brutal. Like, <laughs> this is really brutal <laughs> because it's not like. Mm-hmm. it's not it's not enough for him to like beat these guys up yeah he, he, he shoots him in the balls then he like forced him to open his eyes so he could shoot him right in the face directly like it's it's hardcore
2: He's i guess Gary garyllman the- had to wear a steel cup on set which makes me kind of laugh and his mom was there critiquing his performance
1: well, it's, you know i just realized uh, patricia's here in this and then alexis and rosanna are in pulp fiction yep hmm. The arcade. David the does are not all here. In any
0: of them, he's biding his time.
1: He's yeah. He's coming. Well no, David. he's
0: in. He's in the 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 other uh, part of this whole uh, spider web. Buffy the Vampire Slayer, of course.
1: Right. <laughs> That's a movie loaded with like. That is a lot line. of people in it, actually. Yeah, <laughs> it's all the up and well, like Affleck's got like two lines.
0: Yeah, like, he was on break it's... from Days
2: of Confused. He came in right. the Buffy scenes. <laughs> Wait, that was the basketball, right? Yep. Yeah, yeah, he's in the basketball scene.
1: It's funny, uh, like when shooting Buffy the Vampire Slayer, Sasha Jensen was one of the biggest names, and now he's like a who? Mm-hmm.
0: <laughs> what's the other guy's name? though? what's his name? He's in like Scanner Dart, Rory, Rory, um... oh Rory Cochrane. Oh, yeah, 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 he Bur- he fortunately carved himself out because he's a good, he's a solid character. I like seeing him whenever. He oh yeah, yeah, Rory, really yeah. Um, By the way, as we normally do, um, other people consider for these roles, Slater seems like it was it. Like I couldn't find anything else as far as who they wanted for Clarence. So. Good i mean him. if
1: you got him at this time probably you stopped looking like yeah. that's probably it's 93
0: is, so it's what he's coming off is, of like what robin hood and it's robin coming up yeah the
1: other like what, what's the what's the one there's another oh, oh. i mean he was a he was a cameo in a star trek movie so like there I was like oh look who's there kids
0: i see um, what is he coming off and of? i am trying. now i'm curious there, there's Scotty. Heathers five
3: years before. Well, Heather's, Heathers is, is later. Like, so it's pump, like there's, pump, there's pump up the volume, volume is ninety mobsters, oh, yeah. I guess, pump, because yeah. he's
0: like he's the lead there. Cuffs. Um, going
2: interview with the vampires next year. That's is next gl- year.
0: Gleaming the cube come out yet? Well, that's that's earlier than Heather's. Mm-hmm. Earlier than Heather's. Oh, geez, there's the same year. It's ninety nine, but but yeah. I mean, yeah. So it's like yeah. he's in up and comer territory. Like, and yeah. he's he's enough where he can be like a lead in smaller films, that kind of thing. He's Her. like
1: he's like little little Jack Nicholson's What he talks like and everything like <laughs> that's <laughs> I'm sure the appeal was. It Was like look a little Jack.
3: That's what... I can't hear you, Yancy. Kim don't like him because he's like we're no. Jack Nicholson. Jack Nicholson in 1993. We didn't need this little punk. <laughs> <laughs> we we desperately needed him, Yancy. That's why we put up with him for a few more years after this. <laughs>
1: this is right. You know this is this was the I'll say this like I the action I, star.
0: I. I, I... I'm not going to say, like, I'm a huge Christian Slater fan, but, like, there's a run in the 90s where, like, as a, as ch- as a ch- as a you know, a younger person, I was seeing Slater enough where I'm like, hey, he's fine. He wasn't, like, mm-hmm. matching up to the... Like, I was a big Arnold guy in the 90s, so it's like, yeah, Arnold, why not for, you know, Willis in a Die Hard movie yeah. or whatever, but, like, when Slater yeah. came around, and he has a certain kind of attitude where I'm watching, like, Broken Arrow, I'm like, or, or obviously Hard Rain, Mark. Break yeah. For <laughs> just like, key, baby. Just there's key. just something, like, where he's like,
1: eh, he seems like
0: a Keanu that I can't trust. Yeah, he, he like, got the, ex- <laughs> it's like, he, he got he all Keanu? the
1: he got all the Keanu past on these roles. Mm-hmm.
0: <laughs> like but that's kind of the feel I get though from him. But yeah. It's like but it's like a, he's like a shiftier Keanu. Like that's that's the mm-hmm. that's the, the take I get from from Slater in these things.
1: Well, and then you get to now where you did like Mr. Robot and he was amazing on that show. Well if he yeah. came
0: back because you know there's all those there's that two thousands where he just wasn't a star anymore. And obviously yeah. was also <laughs> the- he had like Man what two <laughs> 3000 miles to Graceland and, where he was dressed up as Elvis in the midst of that. He has, you know, the substance abuse stuff or what have you, but he yeah. like, he corrects himself and he starts doing like random TV pilots and a lot of things get canceled. And then, yeah, eventually he gets to Mr. Robot and he's suddenly in, you know, crusty old white character actor mode. And it's like, yeah, yeah all right. <laughs> he's pulling that off.
1: <laughs> well, I had a friend who was in the wind talkers and uh, Slater was a, a favor casting yes he was yeah. trying to, trying to oh, no, help yeah. him very and they mean. said he was very to himself on set he wasn't like mean to people but you just kind of didn't want to go over and talk to him you <laughs> said cage he got... was great though but yeah
2: he had a run of just getting killed in movies right so like the favor casting three thousand miles of graceland wind talkers
4: yeah
2: yeah we'll put you in here yeah <laughs> hey, <you know? laughs> and then we'll kill you off we'll have costner shoot you wait Oh, he was back with Costner from Robin Hood. I didn't even think about that.
0: Oh, wow. Yeah, that's what they called it. The, Ratha- <laughs> the yeah. Robin
2: Hood thing. I just look at yeah, it as a franchise picture. I love franchise picture story. <laughs>
0: um. Meanwhile, Patricia Arquette, they <laughs> would for a lot oh, of yeah, people.
1: Hop- Dennis Hopper's entered the picture, too.
0: Dennis Hopper, who is... We we've talked about speed before, but, like, because uh, that's the one that, like, kind of kickstarts him, like, even more into high gear. But, like, this is a fantastic dennis hopper performance
2: it's <laughs> warm right there's a warmth to him in this as much as you can get in a tony scott movie that threw me off after watching speed like he was being chill because he's, the, f- he's the
0: first person in this movie that sounds reasonable <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah. like he's the first yeah. person that's like wait a minute you killed who <laughs> like, and what are you doing <laughs> and he's like trying to talk some sense into this child of his even though you're like being informed that he's like back to his Hoosier days and he's drinking, um, he seems, well, I mean, but he's, you but he's reformed see, in this character in this character.
1: in this very short time. You see him grow to accept what his son is. Yeah. Like it starts as like ah, oh, this idiot. To you know what you're doing good for yourself, kid. Like and it's not every actor could pull that off right here.
0: And a I mean, fish tank.
1: And it yeah. comes to you know
0: a head when he has to basically defend his son by giving nothing away at all. But we'll get to that scene.
1: And he he spouts out Tarantino dialogue wonderfully. I mean, yeah, he did.
0: It's not you know with, with these older guys. It's like yeah, we can knock this out of the park. Easy. <laughs> just walking? Who's done it a couple times now? I was gonna say Patricia Arquette. Um, you had Drew Barrymore was considered, mm-hmm. uh, but she got busy. Yeah. Uh, sorry, America, <laughs> America's enemy currently. Drew Barrymore, <laughs>
1: <laughs> except <laughs> her crew who need to get paid. You never know. So they're not on strike yeah, but so I, will, so I will tell we'll that, see how that shakes out
0: as far as the logic versus the uh public perception right uh bridget fonda uh was considered diane mm. lane kira sedgwick julia roberts and juliette lewis obviously was considered for this role
2: i so, love that tarantino thought about joan cusack for the role that's what he thought about or writing it
0: but that that's would make fun. sense of a clarence that's Little Robert older, Carradine. maybe, but also, yes, more of a, you know, <laughs> someone that doesn't C- look C- like Christian Slater.
2: Yeah. Kira he Sedgwick- wanted Robert Carradine, which is interesting. Like, that's yeah. who Tarantino thought about. So I guess the two make sense. That's that true. makes, I can see that.
1: Yeah. yeah. So- Sedgwick feels like I mean, she's had a great career for herself and everything, but like during the 80s and 90s here, she feels like the always a bridesmaid, never a bride for a lot of these roles. Like, she comes in, like, she was brought in for Back to the Future. She's brought, like, there's a history of her reading for, Higher profile projects, but not being
0: Diana Lane seems similar in that regard. She doesn't really break yeah, out yeah, until yeah. later on in the like early two thousands before she like Unfaithful Yeah.
2: I mean Kira Cedric had that great shaving scene and I was gonna say Michael, but I think it's Phenomenon. It's phenomenal. <laughs> so, yeah. Yeah. Um I don't know, um, I remember that. That's what I just pulled.
1: Kira Cedric would help us uh break through with the uh the closer where we know drama. <laughs> yeah, obviously that was a poster child for I yeah. think we know drama
0: when I was writing this down I was writing Diane Lane my mind went to Diane Keaton I was like how would that work like, <laughs> he couldn't get past one of her hats if she was trying to be one of those yeah. um, it's in, my, in my mind Diane Keaton's only uh, 75 years old and wears giant hats that's that's right we so. <laughs> <laughs> gotta go on the run, makes, but wait I need my hats Bridget Fonda makes plenty of sense I'm surprised that Jennifer Jason Lee's not on this list although she probably they, they they probably tried her too
1: that's yeah. like a Tarantino fave. like
0: Yeah, that's why I'm surprised.
2: Yeah, but So we almost got a Diane Keaton versus James Gandolfini hotel no, I, fight. Uh, no, I'm uh, joking. Yeah. I did.
0: <laughs> Here's a fresh face right here. Michael here Rappaport coming in. Oh, the rappy. As uh, my favorite character. This movie, be Dick Ritchie. <laughs> so, <laughs> Between this, him and Bronson Pinchot. Those are my favorite characters in this movie.
1: <laughs> so this movie, like they, they never tell us when it's taking place, but like he's obviously reading for TJ Hooker, which uh-huh. had been off the air for... No but, no, but he, but, he,
0: but he says the new T.J. Hooker. They're, re, they're oh, redoing it. Oh, okay, okay. He, he says that. So yeah, he, catch, okay, yeah. But I mean, you can see where his head's at for the, to, to consider that as the idea to begin with. That T.J. Yeah. Hooker will be a reference point. Kachita oh. Farrell's really fun here. So, like, the, oh yeah, the way she dry reads these things at at a uh, uh, Michael Raffl. I want
2: to There's see a spin off with it. her and Harriet Sansom Harris from Licorice Pizza. That'd be a good deal. Oh, up with yeah, as
1: casting agents
2: <laughs> make that film.
1: get to see their chats between people coming in. Yeah. I, I yeah, I love this how she's like she it seems like she's blowing him off, but he gets the part.
0: But, but yeah. <laughs> Which makes me think he's she idiot, got like, what
1: she wanted. Or or she's like he's like
0: second or third, but the other people like couldn't do it. So was like, I guess we'll call Dick Richie.
1: <laughs>
4: it's or Pincho called,
1: call, called in the favor because of the deal. For uh Dr. Chicago
0: Also a possibility. <laughs> uh Dennis Hopper refers to a character named Blue Lou Boyle, um, who's not in this film. However, mm. there's a version where he did have a speaking part in Tarantino's script, and it would and his idea was Robert De Niro would have been in that role.
1: Whoa. Which
0: I assume would be like a walk-in-style brief kind of appearance the same
1: gotcha. way. That's why I got out of um I many years ago had uh, my old show had Linnea Quigley on, and she was supposed to be in Reservoir Dogs, and there was a role written for her that ended up getting dwindled and then gone from the script. But she, uh, her and Tarantino had the same manager or something, and he was a fan and was wanting to write her apart, and True. went away. But yeah, she told me she never talked about that before till I brought that out of her. But pretty interesting the evolution of his scripts. Yeah characters.
0: Because it'd be like the one female character in the movie, so like who would it be? Be like
1: it was a cop. It was it was it was, a, a it, cop. was a, it was a cop and there was it ended up being it's still in the movie, but it, it's like nothing to where it's at now. But it was supposed to be a cop more on the trail, I think looking for the other cop. Okay. Um but that sort of just lost importance.
2: What do y'all think this movie didn't hit too big in ninety three? Just because
0: well, well, because it's a hard thing to market as far as what this story is. There's violence, there's crime, but it's also a romance. Is it a comedy? No. Uh, it has a scattering of people that aren't exactly box office draws, but they're certainly names. It's coming written
1: out in, written by this guy who has this awesome <sighs> indie you probably haven't seen yet. Rest of America.
0: Yeah, it's coming out in September. Um, it's where you still have other movies that are making money, that doesn't necessarily matter. But like, it's. It has other things around it as far as priorities go. But I think it's just the the oddness of what this story is because you can't I don't you can't like sum up what this thing is and make that appeal to everybody for an R rated crime romance comedy action something or other. Like, what is that? Why should I go see that right now this weekend?
2: Yeah, it's it, not exactly high concept. You can't really elevator pitch it to somebody. I just man, remember my brother was like, It's really cool. <laughs> That's what he told me. I was like, All right.
3: Yeah, it's Christian Slater may have been the reason. I mean, maybe they sort of after this, he wasn't given these kind of roles anymore. He's not not a huge, he's not. I mean,
1: he never was a big draw. Like if people saw a movie he was in, it was a hit. It wasn't because of him. There's interest in the comedy. Broken Arrow was during the Travolta Renaissance. Like that's, that's where Mm -hmm. that came from.
3: I don't know who this might've hit with if someone else had been cast, but. You know, some movies got to win, some movies got to yeah. lose.
1: Like who who else would? I mean, we talked about Busemi, but like if we go prettier face with it, like who who else at this time would be good for this role?
0: That Caradine pulls pretty, which is intended. I mean, he's nothing as far as like
2: star power is concerned, but that's that makes so much sense. I'm just thinking about that. Um, any anybody? Days and Confused came out around this time. They're like young. They're they too don't young. feel established. Like yeah. I feel
1: like there's a a maturity to yeah, so like, later who are, who are that they those people are, don't have. Yeah.
0: Who would they realistic who could realistically consider for something like this?
2: JCVD. <laughs>
1: I'm forgetting of all the fad <laughs> people at the time, but like I yeah, like I like I mean, how fu- I like
0: how fun this scene is, by the way, when he, they're on they're on the road, they're on the way to Dick Ritchie, They call Dick Ritchie and the Elvis song's playing. And they like they just get like very hot for each other.
1: Well Johnny Depp, like
3: that's he's the big, too uh, handsome, but can no one hear me? Oh, I, yeah, now I can.
1: I, I, yeah, I can now.
3: Big Bopper, that's not Elvis. Hello, baby. It's Chantilly Lace. Come Sorry. on, guys. Right. That's a, That's got to be a Tony Scott thing. He's a big pop music guy as well.
1: Yeah, Johnny Depp's is only competition at this. I can't think like of Like at
3: board. this level, yeah. At but, this
1: level at this time. But we're thinking of like who we remember because it lasted. But I'm sure there was some Quaid? other.
3: Music mean, Southern or somebody Oh, right?
1: Keeper Southern, yeah. Keefer. Keeper, yeah. Kiefer would have he,
0: that dark, he has that kind of dark edge to him, also. That would be like and it, that fit.
1: And it's about the time he was gonna start taking weirder roles.
0: Yeah. Ninety-four. one of the Baldwins? Stephen Baldwin.
3: Stephen would have been weird.
0: Yeah. I'm that's that's been a realistic pull, I think. Or even or even uh, Billy Baldwin. It's right after you right have, around right around backdraft. Yeah, not, not that I'm, I'm, I'm not saying these things would work. I'm just
1: saying like these would be out right. there for running. I mean, yeah, just the names that you <laughs> that, you, that go, you bring in and talk. Yeah,
3: Stephen Dorf. Dorf would have been. Too, it's too. too early for Dorf. Too, yeah, he's
1: too young. Is
0: it?
3: Yeah, baby. He's baby faced in Blade. Mm. I mean, that Saturday Night Live people. I'm sure they could have thought about this. Oh, Robert
1: what- Downey, yeah,
3: Downey. Yeah, Ooh. I can. See, yeah. I
0: can see a version of Downey and, and yeah. involved in this. Spader, Adam Sandler.
1: Spader be too in. Uh. So Sandler's
0: too young. Also, he's baby faced. Look at Billy McIntyre's two years after this, and he's baby faced in that movie.
2: And Spader would have added a weird energy to this. It would have been weird I mean, Spader <laughs> yeah. adds a weird energy
0: he's to this. Con-
1: he's too in control to yeah. like he's too... Yeah, he'd be, he's too sinister looking to like James Sp- Spader's always the smartest guy in the room. You gotta have yeah. some uncertainty with in this the, guy. In the
0: in the Tarantino directed version of this movie, there's a possibility that something like Spader could work.
1: Okay, he does what, Two Days in the Valley, is that
0: it? Sp- yeah. or which one? Yeah. 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 Spader. With Stoltz. Stoltz. There you go. Stoltz could do something. Yeah.
2: It's interesting, those movies. What if Michael J. Fox is? I was thinking <laughs> that,
0: yeah. Was,
1: when you said Stoltz, I was like, you know,
3: he's uh, you, too much of a good boy. Who, Broderick? M- Michael J. Fox. one. <laughs> back maybe
2: uh, Broderick, Broderick in this movie? Oh, man.
0: Anyway, we're at the walking scene now. Uh, Liam oh, needs to turn is. this roll down, by the way. I, really? would, I don't know what that would have been. <laughs> like, what? Well,
1: we saw Taken, so we know um this is it's funny how Walkins' appearances in tarantino movies involve him coming and sitting and counseling <laughs> telling somebody
0: with like every conviction possible whether it's about how i'm going to basically murder you and you're just mm-hmm. biding more time or if i have to tell you a story about a watch that i carried around in my ass like it just, right. the the conviction is there in both scenarios
2: more great fake smoke
0: like, he's so good in these things where they're like, what if we just made a whole movie where he's just stuck in a chair the whole time that it was like mm-hmm. a Tarantino film, but it's not actually one.
1: This is what? The, the sequel the to King of New King. York? Suicide. King of New York? Oh,
0: suicide, yeah, suicide, suicide Kings. Kings. Yeah. <laughs> chair the oh, whole man. time. Nothing but counseling.
1: Best uh, best uh double future of all time, Suicide Kings, and Knockaround, guys. Knockaround, oh, guys. Yeah.
2: 500 fights.
0: Who's the lead of Suicide King? Like, there's Leary, but who's, like, the, the Lee lead? The guy that, like...
2: Even not
0: pepper is it pepper's
1: knock around guys that's that's you're not knock around guys
0: sean
2: patrick flannery
1: sean patrick
0: flannery oh geez because it's him and henry thomas is in there also he's these other one of the other ones it's a weird cast
2: that was a nice oh jay moore was in it jay
0: moore and then the um the guy in clueless what's his face um galecki no not no galecki isn't it but Sisto. 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 jeremy Sisto. oh brad garrett's in it he's like a mobster guy i think in that movie
1: Johnny Galecki. We're
0: talking way too much about Suicide Higgs. Louis Lombardi. One of the the best scenes in a movie of the 90s.
3: I will say, I will just uh, like to say that you will not see a scene like this in a movie going forward for a long, long time where there is nobody nudging you in the ribs telling you Dennis Hopper's not really a racist. You just know he's not must not be a racist and that he's just doing this so that Walken will kill him before he spills the beans. But at the time, in 93, I thought that this felt a little bit uh, over the line well, in terms of,
0: I know. I I hear you. I mean, because what you're referring to is that Dennis Hopper is about to use the N-word a number of numerous times to make a point. In a uh, derogatory – it's or, extremely
1: derogatory fashion.
3: And it, that, this guy mad by implying that his great-grandmother slept with a black guy, which is – it's a brilliant scene. It's the only way Dennis Hopper is going to make this scene work. And he totally works because of Dennis Hopper's facial. He realizes at some point he's going to die and that he's got to do this, you know, just on his face. But you would just would never see a scene like this that couldn't be where someone could point at it and say, at no point are they telling me that I'm not supposed to become a racist because of this scene. You know, like Mm -hmm. have this kind of people are smart enough to know what's going on in the scene
0: and i well, think and- the, the the movie yes well the, i think the movie helps by just being as good as it is with the with the way it's all put together and i agree with you and it's the separation i have between something like this and reservoir dogs as far as what what's working for me about it where i do think reservoir dogs <laughs> the use of various racial epithets um It comes with what feels like attitude for the sake of attitude to show that, like, look how bad these guys are. They talk like this, where it doesn't feel necessarily motivated by anything beyond the fact that I really want to show you that I know how to write bad people. Where this film, there's a very clear purpose to why it's occurring. That doesn't necessarily make one inherently better than the other, but it is a reason as to why I look on one one way and I look on one the other way.
3: But it's just, I'm sorry. 1993 you're watching this and you know you're not seeing a filmmaker lay out his racist philosophies right sure right
1: well i mean it's used as a like at some point in the conversation hopper realizes i'm going to die no matter what Mm -hmm. and he decides to start dismantling his operation by pushing the boss so far to extreme he loses his shit and shoots him so around the other guys, they're all like, "Oh shit, dude lost his shit. Dude's losing it, man. He has He has He admits he hasn't killed somebody in how many years? And sixteen so, years. Only. Yeah, yeah so crazy. It, it's the start of the the. It's beginning the dismantling of this whole operation because it, it,
0: this it is, is a just, room full of character. <laughs> like everybody yeah. is somebody here. I have a question for you guys. I assume that Walken's probably the highest ranking person here. Mm-hmm. but where's Gandolfini because he's just in the background
1: Gandalf skinny yeah, in this? yeah.
2: <laughs> he's the muscle right the, yeah. the right well hand. he's got
0: all these other muscle yeah. here like yeah be, like he becomes muscle later on for sure but it's just like the way they shoot him it just seems like it's so and the fact that he like he wears white loafers it just seems like he's on a certain level that's like not quite like henchmen
2: he's not standing with the other guys maybe he's mm-hmm. like the, you know maybe he's the killer he go, he goes to the hotel to find
3: I'm walking so he's 1984 or whatever so someone else is
0: walking's a capo clearly yeah. like clear, like clearly he's like mm-hmm. someone like that like look at just the way he's dressed you can tell that like it just seems like Gandolfini's like I'm like resolved. he's like a like a like maybe an outside contractor or something I don't know like it just, it's like he's he's not <laughs> well, quite a part of this group in the side of the field
1: Wa- walkin's only there because this is uh the escalation of what's going on has reached a certain level normally Gandolfini would just probably yeah charged with doing it that's fair
0: and I and I I think also because they looked up who Dennis Hopper's character is. They want to like present a certain kind of like, look, mm-hmm. we know you're a cop. We know you've done certain things. We can make things maybe better for you. At least imply that we if are above send,
1: the law. We so yeah, have so they send someone like
0: walking, he can, he provides a lot of authority that might not, you know, it'd right. just be rough and tumble stuff if it was just the other guy. So I can buy, I can buy into that. By the time they get to yeah, because he sends
1: with our cat. Yeah, it's it's just, by the, yeah. By
0: that point, they're like, we got to get this situation under control. <laughs> we need to start just <laughs> taking names.
3: oh oh, sorry being a apparently not present father which rhymes with tarantino's real life his father wasn't around i don't think either no correct father sort of making up for it i think which is kind of sweet and the way hop the way i mean this is one of the best hopper performances i think i mean yeah yeah, (laughs) i agree really good he's so good in this he gets to bring Tarantino. all the, all the stuff oh, he's
0: good at, I think, in here. As far as like he can play it soft, he can play it a little more intense. He's he's doing a, a lot of the like all outside of maybe like a little bit of paranoia. He's bringing all the Hopper trademarks, I think, into this mm-hmm. role. I mean,
3: Walken's doing Walken, and he no one does it better. But he, Hopper just, you
0: know, well, there's a full arc for it. like Walken doesn't change <laughs> like in this. Like, Hopper mm-hmm. um, has an actual arc throughout this sequence.
3: Um, hearing, the movies before this it must have really been startling for Hollywood people to read these scripts and mm-hmm. god you read the 20 page scene between these two guys are talking about s- 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 no one had been writing this kind of stuff well do you, do you
1: think, think there, the question like do you think
3: nothing else and like mm-hmm. no scenes that weren't compelling in some way and no nothing just done for because you got to do that like every scene is entertaining necessary and barreling forward on this crazy energy you know and this seems to get you can say okay the, he's using this racism to to get to get walkin's goat but then you go back and say well that's sort of a neanderthalic attitude that he's displaying so is the attitude christian slater has to 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 kill the pimp because the pimp sort of violated his wife right. before right and it's it's funny But it's kind of one of the things that's great about movies and art is that yeah, this guy is kind of showing, and maybe it's because Tony Scott's making the movie, but he's kind of showing a little bit of his own insanity. You know, this might have come off much more reasonable in his own version of it, but in this version, they really come off like two lunatic like lovers who are just, you know, living in a car. It's it's because it's fantasy. Like it's it's its its own world. Tony Scott would shoot anything that was taking place in the real world. Well, I mean,
0: that's what, like when he does genre, he does it, you know, something like deja vu, for example. Like there's a wacky sci-fi version of that film, but because it's Tony Scott, it's grounded in some kind of reality. This is grounded as far as I can believe that, the, you know, it's Detroit. It has humans. They're operating on a level that doesn't have them flying around on a Pegasus or something. But it's still a fantasy as far as the actions taking place and the progression of this story.
3: Also, we're almost an hour in, and we haven't met most of the characters that are in the second hour of this movie. Right,
1: right. That might
3: have been mm-hmm. different in the the time-jumping version, but in this version, it really, like, he keeps drawing back the curtain on new characters. You know, but, we saw a few of Michael Rappaport there kind of for no reason before he calls, before he even calls, Terrence, uh, before uh, Slayer even calls him on the phone. There's a sort of unmotivated scene where Michael Rapaport is having an audition, and it, it works, but why would you cut away to that all of a sudden? The time, right, and the time the good- point the time
0: jump stuff we would have started here in tarantino's
3: version this would be the opening scene Hmm. to find out that then finally this store clerk would have been funny i guess i see what he's going for that was just just nobody it's yeah
0: uh that real quick that scene where he shoots uh, hopper in the face um hopper was nervous apparently about the idea of doing that and so tony scott as all directors like to do did it himself first and um Messed up because they hold it, held it too close, and so he had a bloody head and he was falling on the floor. Um, <laughs> but, oh. yeah, well, see, it works kind of.
1: <laughs> Your turn, Dennis. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I was gonna say with you you're talking about the movie shifting, and changing, and when Bronson Pinchot gets picked up later, and we then enter Tom Sizemore and Chris Penn, it feels like a reset again. Like because the movie yeah. now takes oh, yeah. a completely different perspective, even though we are still following slater and Arquette around like there are characters but it's through the eyes of what we now know from the side of the law yeah pin show become, becomes yeah. like
0: kind of the lead of the final third of the movie
1: <laughs> right <laughs> it's him chris penn and tom sizemore they are like it's it's crazy how this yeah. how it does that but um i want to say too with the, tarantino and the, the race and all that if you if you just take out of context, you're like, "What the heck is this?" But if you look at his upbringing, who he was around when he was growing up, uh, the movies he was seeing all the time, the music he was the the element he was in, and that's what he saw, and he's a reflection of his environment and stuff. Where you you would understand, you wouldn't be like, I'm not saying like, "Oh yeah, keep doing writing that, Quentin," but like the guy. He had a lot of um, surrogate father types we talked about, but there were a lot of black men, a lot of black athletes. Uh, they went to like black exploitation movies, the music, the culture he was around. He was seeing that in movies. It's a, it's more of a reflection of what he saw in movies and stuff than it is some vicious guy or trying to be edgy or cool with that stuff. It's sort of what he's seen in movies
0: yeah to add on to that before we kind of move on to the la section of this film full of pink skies tony scott style um hearing his commentary into romance and having him talk about that sicilian scene in particular that stuff that he learned from yes one of his surrogate kind of father figures um who was yes a black man and you know growing up watching tarantino movies and seeing spike Lee stuff and then every now and then seeing in the news the kind of random adversarial conflicts that seem to emerge between the two Mainly, mm-hmm. from mainly from lee's side the way i can keep justifying why tarantino when he keeps doing certain things that yes bring race into the conversation stems largely from that sicilian scene in the way that i i know plenty of people that come from certain areas that just act and behave a certain way where there's no malicious intent or what have you and it's not a matter of excusing doing certain things but it's like you just get it at a certain point. You can understand what a person's background has mm-hmm. led them to, let alone reverence and what have you that they have for certain things. So what he's talking about, like this Sicilian scene, it refers to how one of the men that his mother was dated told him the story and the way he held on to it. Uh, that's that makes so much sense to me as to why like this kind mm-hmm. of thing keep happening and the fact that he only improves upon himself as far as how to write scenes like this in films going forward whether it's pulp fiction or whether it's django or that's hateful eight like i jackie brown jackie brown obviously although jackie brown is like it's, it's a that's a whole different area but it's a <laughs> but compared to like what? having quentin show up himself and being the one doing said things like it's right. There's enough there where I just I get this guy where it doesn't it doesn't hit me in the way that so people seem to want to, like, put him into a certain box and say what he can and can't do.
1: Well, look at the the guys. Well, the cast. He's not ageist. He's not. I mean, he's he's had very diverse casts. He's, uh, you know, give a guy people career. But like he's cast who he wants, like his characters are, you know, like I it's kind of hard to like and people love working with them they see this dialogue they say this dialogue they're not like i don't know it's been
2: interesting listening to my students uh but so i teach film studies and like one of my students watched pulp fiction for the other day but for the first time the other day and he loved it he's like why did tarantino write himself in the movie and say the words he did he's like there's no point to that so he's like that really took me out of it that he said that like it didn't feel he's like it wasn't needed as opposed to this true romance, so it's interesting. Like my students either love him, they, they're they like, Why does he add that stuff in there? It's just been interesting hearing them talk about it, uh, and, and their reactions. I've
3: kind I of felt, enjoyed talking about that. Felt that way then, too. That Tarantino, because Tarantino is so awkward on screen. It's, yeah, he's also like, he's not a great actor. <laughs> yeah. yeah, it's just it 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 underlines that it feels extraneous and pulp fiction mm-hmm. like delivering this dialogue, he's not a good actor. And it just seems like he just wants to have fun and say these words, you know, a little bit.
0: It, yeah, that it it comes off there. But the fact that he's doing it with Sam Jackson specifically, mm-hmm. clearly they have some understanding. Because and yeah. and that's another thing. If like, but so, Sam works
1: with Spike too. So well, that, you would it, think, yes.
0: Well, at, at you say that, but at that point they had stopped working together until up until Old Boy. They did like they after Jungle Fever, like they stopped working together yeah. for over a decade. Almost two decades, yeah. but uh, I hear you. I get what you're saying, but the, and the thing is, like, well, if Sam Jackson's fine,
3: like, I, it's hard for me to argue because you're talking yeah. about the player that 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 we're losing. Where this is for smart people, and you want to smart people understand that this is not meant to. These are characters who are racist. This is not a racist movie. But that's there's less and less of that that's going to be possible, for better or for worse. And I think that's why this movie has aged actually better for me, because it really does contain some pretty backwards behavior from characters you're supposed to like. Not Dennis Huckler so much, but, you know, and I like seeing that kind of thing in a movie because that also is part of the spectrum of human behavior, you know.
0: And there's also comeuppance given to pretty much all of the characters in this movie as far as Mm -hmm. that goes, too
3: originally to the two leads which again watching this i can see the Tarantino version would have been felt more like drugstore cowboy or something and it would have felt more funereal and i feel like them dying at the end would have been sort of fore- foretold um but i love this version that Tony Scott makes where he's older and wiser and he loves these two and he doesn't care that they killed the mm-hmm. pimp and they survive that in its own is so sweet you know yeah yeah he fought for that he fought for him to stay
2: alive I know it, we'll get to it, but yeah, I thought that was really interesting between him and Tarantino. Yeah. This and they scene... had to drug up Rappaport for this scene. Sorry if I took that from you, Aaron. But no, I was going to thought... say
0: something else. I would have I got there. I oh, got it. Uh, this scene was supposed to be set at a zoo, um, but Tony Scott's making this movie. Tony Scott doesn't do zoos. He's not Clint Eastwood. He, um, <laughs> he's he's, he's, <laughs> he's going he's gonna to put it at a theme park. He give you roller coasters to get shots like this that are coming up where you have adrenaline pumping as you watch the thing rolling around the track yes uh you're absolutely right Rappaport um not a fan of roller coasters so every other shot because they're editing this together you can see him being nervous in some scenes in the background or you can see him (laughs) being very excited it's like right there you can see him like giggling and being like haha this is fun then the next shot right there he's really tense (laughs) and he's his back against the wall he's like okay we're doing this (laughs) um also not fan of roller coasters Bronson Pinchot who um um this I just listened to this on the the arrow com- the scene select commentary that Bridge Pinchot provided for uh, for this Blu-ray. Um, he real uh, he doesn't like roller coasters, but Tony Scott's like, we're gonna have you're gonna have to I don't care, you're gonna have to go on one. So he's like, all right, well if you're gonna make me wear this ridiculous costume where he has like the sweater tied over him. You have to, like, the next scene has to have, like, vomit on the actual sweater to imply that I have thrown up since doing the sequence, which they did. You'll see in the next scene, like, there's, like, oh that's uh, funny. A, you can see that he's, like, vomited on himself, essentially, <laughs> which, they, which they accomplish with, like, water and a bran muffin like, to make it look like a on his shirt. Yeah,
3: he's enjoying it. Uh, I think Pinchot so- is
0: great in this movie. I think he's so funny. Oh, yeah. playing i don't even know if it's against type necessarily but like he's so into like you can it's such a specific role that he's playing is this guy who's like he's not in control what like he's working for the up for a bigger guy but he's taking that and making himself seem like he's something important also and he wears like this yuppie costume he has even the way he wears his sunglasses seems obnoxious like it's just really funny. i mean he's such a
1: he's such a good talent that's like was utilized back then but underutilized the same way gray he had a sitcom for like seven years yeah but like it's just like well i never was sick of the guy and i always wanted more you know that's exactly
2: i gotta if... say tony scott did a great job of capturing the speed of that roller coaster i kind of had to look away so like leave it up to tony scott to make me want to puke yeah but um it's um,
0: a it's an effective scene so you can see the yeah. vomit on his sleeves <laughs> surge the scene before this, when they're talking about getting Bronson Pinchot, that's the most. Mm-hmm. That's like full rap report, like in, in that scene. it's
3: like he's the yeah. most rap report
1: in that in that sequence of the movie.
3: He done before this rap report. what had he been not uh, much? Like it's yeah. like Aphrodite. he's like, it's when like, did that come out?
1: Aphrodite's around this time. Like I think it's maybe the next it's, year. It's after that's yeah, ninety five. Um,
0: because hmm. it's like Higher Learning's about to come out. That's what ninety five or something. That's ninety five also. Yeah, he's it's just like bit stuff because it's in like poetic justice is like a nothing role. Zebrahead, yeah. that's what it is. Zebrahead. He's a, he's the, he's like the lead in that movie What's with, he doing um, like with, with uh, and and Bush Wright from uh, from Blade from Blade. Last month's commentary.
1: Okay. Was he doing stand up? Is that where he was coming from or
0: Is he a stand up guy? Is that? I don't thing? know because
1: like <laughs> he's always been like comedic, so I don't know like I can't I don't know like the, yeah, where okay, he I'm saying again, yeah, He thing. tried he yeah. tried
0: to do stand up. Okay. Um, he did that for a few years, it looks like, and yeah, then he just got into acting, TV stuff or what have you, and then he, you know, broke into movies.
1: Because then he, I mean, well, he, yeah, he gets a sitcom. What in the mid two thousand War at Home.
0: Yeah, that's like the, that's that's the uh, <laughs> that's the we canceled Grounded for Life, so now it's so War at Home. The same thing. <laughs> yeah, it's
1: the same exact premise. But Rami Rami was in that one. Rami, Rami, Rami was, was in that neighbor, one yeah. as, as
0: probably gay neighbor. <laughs> that was his, yes? If yep. he's not, if he's yes. not, if yes. Yes. he's not. Because because we referred to him as the probably gay terrorist on 24 at that point, right? Like on both shows. <laughs>
2: <laughs> Wait, real re- Oh wow! I didn't know he was. I didn't know and, he was on either of those.
0: Yeah, and he's
1: probably gay vampire in
0: Twilight. I, I, I knew Rami Malik so much from all of the TV stuff he was doing. So by, right. the, time, by the time he started hating big in movies and like the guy from War at Home, that guy, <laughs> yeah. yeah.
2: He was the Need for Speed guy for me.
0: Yeah, the oh, guy wow. that strips yeah. off a Need for Speed. Yeah. <laughs>
1: Don Siegel, right? This is yep. who he's. Yep. Oh, Joel yeah, Silver. Joel Silver. Joel Silver. Joel Silver. Oh no, yeah, yeah. Don. Sie- nah, which sorry. he did, which he yeah. wasn't Joel doing Silver.
0: specifically. He didn't know Joel Silver, but like Tony Scott <laughs> thought he was doing Joel Silver. <laughs> <laughs> he was just being like exaggerated version of a person, <laughs> but like it's like, oh, that's a great Joel Joel Silver impression. Yeah, Rubinick is killing it too in this movie. Yeah. Like it's so like it's pretty vile as far as like they're doing like drug deals and like they're being awful to people over the phone and everything, but it's like such a shift in gears as far as the fun that you're having in this movie versus like, we just watched Dennis Hopper get blown away and like and Drexel get blown away. Now it's like, we're just having fun in LA for a time.
1: Mm -hmm. I I love how Slater's already like drug kingpin smart, where he's like, not going to mention it over the phone. Going to be code, you know, like,
0: his confidence is
1: skyrocketed
0: somehow. <laughs> like the like he was already he already had it apparently going in to see Drexel, a thing that, as we've all <laughs> discussed already, weird only only kind of makes sense. Now he's got all the confidence in the world because he was able to <laughs> beat Drexel and you know basically burn down his house and do all of this stuff <laughs> And he's got like the second confidence from his father telling him, Oh, that no one's looking for you guys. You guys are in the clear. Do yeah. whatever you want to. I'm a honeymoon, whatever. to sucked his dick. No, that's the bronze and pinch of genius <laughs>
1: right there. Like, that had is that ad lib? I, I I, could, I can't imagine it I like being be. written
0: that way, <laughs> like just the way it's designed. And the fact that he's considering it is like, I I guess this is a thing if we do. Yep. How is he friends with Dick Ritchie? Like, where do they meet?
1: <laughs> Probably acting classes or something.
0: I think he says that. Yeah, but it's like...
1: you wind up with weird friends. I mean, that's L.A. Like, I guess <laughs> young people in the entertainment world, they're like, well, <laughs> and you can see Pincho likes the Rappaport thing because he feels superior. Uh, superior. So yeah. that's where.
0: There are the uh the very we'll talk about oh, this man. in a second. There are the various Tarantino connections. Um we just talked to, to Lee Donowitz, who's um was it Donnie Donowitz is in Inglorious yep. Bastards, the be, the right. bear do. Speaking of Brad Pitt, by the way.
1: Yep. Um and second then, second film this month.
0: And then <laughs> um see, like look at like Cannon looks so slick. <laughs> I know. Like that's that's why I questioned it, because it's like he looks he he's not dressed as like mafia henchmen.
2: Like well, Killing Them they, Softly they have is a, a true romance. Yeah. Re- reunion. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, a lot the, of heavy breathing in that movie.
1: Brad,
3: P- Brad Pitt's one minute is just terrific. <laughs> He's so good. It's, the it's crazy
0: how in the zone he is with this character. Yeah. <laughs>
3: like, this... Condense and me, man.
0: It's <laughs> like, we just ran like, we just talked about California with the K yeah. on the summer of 93, where, like, we think he's good, like he's good. I wouldn't he's say it's actually, like, a revolution, you know. But yeah. like here and like Felman Louise, he is locked in. Like it yeah. just seems yeah. like he knows this role.
1: Yeah, he likes these little character parts.
2: He does I mean, some good like, eating in California. He does. He's, you're right. He does yeah. a lot of scarfing in California. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> right.
1: Including the scenery. Yeah.
2: Good accent too. And another Juliet Lewis.
1: Yeah. yeah, I could watch him and Gandolfini talk for like a good 30 minutes if they wanted to. It's... <laughs> that it's
0: character, that yeah. character inspires all of Pineapple Express. That was the yeah. idea. They're right? like, what if Floyd was like the movie? <laughs>
1: <laughs> I like that movie.
0: Mm-hmm. <laughs> I like Pineapple Express a lot. I, I think do. it's one of the better yeah. ones. I think that's oh, the best of the David Gordon Green decides to do stoner comedies and yep. run. <laughs> yep.
3: Your Highness to a degree
0: i i i don't dislike your highness
1: i uh i saw up express at a test screening uh and then like it didn't come out for like a whole year after and i had discovered this guy named danny mcbride that Absolutely. i wanted everybody see and there was nothing with him in it there was like uh the foot fist way was not readily available yeah um, all
2: the all the real girls maybe
1: there's that i mean but yeah even then that you're not you're it. not you're yeah. not looking for, yeah.
2: for he's not <laughs> yeah. playing a danny mcbride character all know, the real girls. No, because
1: my so. friends and i were like dying like this was energy we'd never seen before all this stuff and then like we we're like oh crap it was like a year later and like like franco and seth Rogen were at the screen we were at and um but like we were like this movie's awesome and then a year
2: it's one of the best trailers. I've seen, when I saw that trailer with the MIA. Oh, song, MIA. Like, yeah. Oh, that that thing. was a that was sold good. that sold the
0: movie. Yeah. Like, yeah. It was it was like a long lead for that too. That was like it was like nine months in advance or something like that. But that trailer, mm-hmm.
2: yeah. And like they timed, they synced it up with the movie. super the like,
0: bitch. Yeah. <laughs> this is um oh, my mom's other favorite scene uh from this movie. Um, yes, it's very brutal, but she does come out on top, and that's why she likes it. She likes the fact that she's able to overpower this man. Um and Sopranos but, was, was coming on at the time. Like, it was just airing. So she was, like, already was like, James and is a real asshole in this movie.
1: <laughs> What's well, a, a reversal. I mean, you don't expect he's going to beat the living shit out of her and, like, just graphic, bloody... Like, you'd expect he'd be saving it for Clarence. You'd think he'd just... A gun to her head in any other movie would do it. But this one goes there.
0: Cody Scott doesn't,
3: uh, <laughs> doesn't hold back.
1: No, I mean... Yeah. It,
3: Thing that feels like it belongs in a, it feels reprehensible. I mean, yes, she eventually conquers him. The amount of time we're watching this giant guy beat up Patricia Arquette, it yeah. starts like, am I supposed to be enjoying this on some level? Beating up the pretty girl. I mean, I, mean, just, I, I don't. I think the
0: movies is like it's it's angling you to feel really bad about all of it, even if the movie was Well, You Mule feel like Clarence is
1: going to come save the day. That's what you're building up. Like, come on, Clarence, get there, get there, get there, get there. But He's, no.
2: She has she has some great stuff to say about it too. Like she she's kind of flirty. She plays dumb, but then she said when she learns that Clarence is not coming, she has to like find her strength. Like, oh, this is yeah. had some great stuff to say. So, this yeah. is why I think she's this great movie.
0: in this movie because of the way she's handling this whole scene. Where yeah, she does play exactly like she's naive to the whole thing before. I turns like that, that
2: look. He
1: when he looks up like ha, ha, it's like a he's a child almost like a cartoon character <laughs> type thing.
2: Yeah, I think by this point I had watched Natural Born Killers, so this one didn't see this hotel scene didn't seem as. Uh, brutal to me okay. <laughs> by comparison i'm not saying it's not but i just remember yeah. that movie really shook me up and so, yeah, so watching he, this i'm like yeah, what, what are you I'm saying
3: no i'm just gonna i I'm, I'm talking about the scene where tom sizemore chokes it yeah. yeah yeah
0: it's mm. yeah because oliver stone um also likes to go there he <laughs> doesn't make it feel that's such a crazy like natural character because like that also has like the rodney dangerfield stuff which is like yeah Really ugly, but like played in such a specific way.
3: I I think I'm the only one. Am I the only one who likes
0: Natural Born Killers? I like Natural Born World. Killers a lot. Oh, I like, uh, I've, yeah. I've bought it way too many times. With people releasing it, got another release coming. <laughs> got next, a 4K coming this coming. month. Yeah,
1: I got 4K uh, coming this month. But
2: that danger field yeah. stuff, though, and like the
1: the.
2: Man, that movie, yeah, I watched it too young. I bought it from a blockbuster used on VHS. and the guy's like, Have fun. And I think I was like twelve or thirteen. And he <laughs> smiled at me. He he let me buy it for like seven ninety-nine and he smiled at me. He was like, Have fun. <laughs> and I did not have fun. The uh, real
0: real quick, the the that guy that's selling him like the chili, yeah. the chili hamburgers. Mm-hmm. that's like one of my favorite like day player actor things to do right there. Just the way he like emphasizes like, yeah, we got to uh, the, the big chili cheeseburger. Like mm-hmm. it's just, it's, a, it's such a perfect like encapsulation of what that's supposed to be. <laughs> you know, it's...
3: Didn't even watch the Sopranos at first. I was so the his performance in this and Crimson Tide were so one note.
4: Mm-hmm. that I was like,
3: I can't stand that dude. He's a disgusting thuggish. I don't want to see him in anything else. And of course he's a great actor, but at the time I just knew him from this and Crimson Tide where all he does is glare. Mm-hmm. I'm like, like, oh i don't want to see that guy in anything and the guy who beat up a shark for 25 minutes you know like <laughs> it's hard to watch this is hard you, you're taking a character that we have particular feeling sweet sort of sweet feelings for and have go through something terrible it's it's a choice i just wonder what the motivation is it's probably the one scene that i still don't really like and although you're right about her being terrific
0: yeah the way she plays it for sure i mean yes it's it's a very exaggeratedly brutal sequence, no doubt. And that's. i watch uh, Chris
3: get beat up for 10 minutes,
0: perfectly fine. But. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that's many movies after this. So you're fine at that point. Well, like, bullet but, to the head, he gets beat up a bunch. He gets his fucking head chopped off in Wind Talkers. I mean, like, you can see plenty of brutalization. Does he die? He dies in what's it? The Rennie Harlan one, too, right? Early on. Oh, Mine Hunters. Yeah, quick. Yeah. He's the Janet Lee of that movie.
1: All right.
3: <laughs> Last big leading role he got, Slater.
0: Slater, um, yeah, Hollow Man 2. Who is cleanest oh, yeah. out Uh, let me see here. <laughs> Let's look at the old filmography.
3: Hard it's Rain. Hol- oh, this Hollow shot. Man
0: 2 was, was straight That's to directed video, video yeah, yeah, rain, right hard Rain's hard... 98 so i mean not it's not hard it's more there's more than hard rain like where he's like the lead of the movie let's
2: see well he had gone through like domestic problems right before hard rain and he yeah. can't do a lot of the promotion yeah, yeah. for it so i think that yes, stopped him because that's a like years. hard
0: rain and very bad things which i hate are the same oh, here awesome. um, well, very bad
1: things is so like, bad like
0: oh. who, who is cletus tout is the one that I'm... alone
1: in the dark that's that's there you oh. go uh Alone
0: oh. in the dark. That's got to be the last. Like he's the lead of the movie, in a you know from a With very well respected. Steven Dorff
1: as Kiefer Sutherland.
2: In that okay. um, let's awesome.
0: see, because he's in Bobby, but that's like an ensemble.
2: I he's in that. Movie. I love the usage of red in this movie. It's all over the place, but I, I dig the I dig where they put it all.
1: Something called he was a quiet man. I've heard of that. There's plenty of like stuff, but he's not the
0: lead it's he's not the lead of anything anymore, at least nothing that's coming like to you know big. Theaters. I mean his comeback was Mr. Rose. His, his comeback, yeah, his comeback was, was TV.
1: Yeah. No, he, yeah. he pivoted,
0: yeah.
3: He Jeremy pivoted. Did you guys ever see that <laughs> slipstream? No. He's in that. He's got a big scene in the, the movie that Anthony Hopkins directed. This sort of like a David Lynch movie directed mm-hmm. by Hopkins. Very strange. He's fun and Willow, popping in, being like, "Oh well, yeah, we can't do
0: Val Kilmer, but we can do like here's one of his friends." <laughs> he pulls that yeah. off pretty well,
2: it, and he's shifty as well.
0: He's,
1: yeah, he's yeah, he
2: he, he has the, he has it down.
1: He played Deadshot in Suicide Squad: Hell to Pay, the animated movie.
0: I'm sure it was amazing. He's an Archer for like at least a couple. Of, he's on a few episodes of Archer as as okay. like a character named Slater, I believe. He's not playing oh. Christian Slater, but.
1: Oh, you know, there's another Tarantino written, um, not directed by movie. we uh, I haven't forgotten for vs. at all. Yeah, like <laughs> right. well, that we have not mentioned on this show yet.
0: I was gonna bring it up when we talked about his acting. We got sidetracked. But oh, like, okay. if you want to talk about Tarantino's acting, that's his best role. He doesn't have to say anything. He just glares and looks menacing the whole movie. That
1: he was, was f- pretty. was pretty good. He did a he did a stint where he directed a couple episodes and starred in *Alias*, and he was pretty good. Um, I think the first, was it the first or second season, but he did a two episode stint Um, and he it was pretty good on that.
0: It's this right here that my mom loves where like, he's, in, he's inviting it in and then she stabs him in the foot with the corpse. Right, and she claps. That's what happens with this mm-hmm. sequence. Like it, it's similar to, um, one of her favorite movies is Blood Simple. And with especially with Francis McDormand at the very end where he's like, I'm not afraid of you, Marty. She fucking loves that. She that was her that she that's where she just was like, anything with Francis McDormand, I'm in for. This is what that this reminds her of that, as far as that kind of like stand up to this nonsense kind of thing.
2: She has a great energy in this movie, though, Arquette. I remember yeah. that too. Like it's very um I don't know if I can pinpoint it, but she's just perfect for the role.
0: Well, I think it it comes from yeah. that. Implication of... that there's more to this person, and there's something that Arquette's doing that brings that out. Mm-hmm. Where like there's a there's clearly a history. That's why she could stand up to an asshole like this guy and like make you know. that believable.
1: The, not that she's bad or anything, but there's something that Arquette brings that adds more to what like a Juliet Lewis does. Yeah. I think
0: I can agree with that. Yeah, and I think Juliet Lewis is very good at things. No, I think she's
1: it. very good and does her shtick very well and stuff. But I think there's a bit more to it with. With Patricia Arquette here and not just on the page, I think.
0: Yeah, I, I can agree with that.
3: Yeah, if they had hired a model or someone to play this part, yeah. it wouldn't. Well,
1: uh-huh. you got Patricia Arquette. It's, <laughs> it's an equally
3: balanced movie as uh, far as, as far. I hear what you're saying, though. It's an equally balanced movie. This and
1: Lost Highway, she is. Yeah. So oh, she's... we don't need a model.
3: <laughs> yeah, I am just mean if you not as, as opposed to an actress. Right. What did she do? What was she before this? Patricia Arquette, would I have seen her in Elm Street Three um, was Elm Street, her breakout. Yeah. she's the big one. Um,
1: and she she had she, she had her first kid like shortly after Elm Street Three, yeah. so she had a little bit of time off right after she broke out.
0: Because it's like she's like smaller stuff. It's like Uncle Buck, um, <laughs> uh, the excuse me, the Indian Runner. That's another like, yeah. It's like there's like it's just little stuff like here and there.
2: Um, yeah. Between like... this and Devil's Rejects, I, I just watched two movies with a lot of uh horrifying. Hotel stuff.
1: She yeah, she broke out and soared in a way that somebody who is probably I don't know maybe you think what Christy Swanson would have been like her competition around this yeah, time. Yeah, that fits. Yeah, yeah. But she it's had the good.
0: chase, which was you know a hit everybody loves
2: anyway. So.
1: Hey, yeah, you can hold up people with a Butterfinger bar. It's pretty the, awesome. The,
0: the Chase, the 94 equivalent of True Romance. Isn't <laughs>
2: right. that like Henry Rollins? And Henry Flea? Rollins yep, and, and Flea's Flea. in that, you know, no, Or Anthony Anthony Kiedis Kiedis is. Is, Kiedis
0: is, yeah, there are There's all... a lot of people. <laughs> <laughs> like that, is, like The Chase and what, Airheads, it's like a random movie that has like mm-hmm. everybody and everybody's working on for some reason.
1: Hey, I wanted to go see The Chase in the theater. I didn't get to, I was mad.
2: Sorry. I a of VHS. Oh, I love airheads. This is what are you think about another, swimming pools.
0: Another reason why this is a fantasy, the, the way that Christian awesome. Slater is able to able to just drive around LA so rapidly and there's not a single cop in the area. That just yep. throws me completely. <laughs> but meanwhile, we get to this scene and he gets pulled over right. Away.
1: Right. The way she laughs with the coke.
0: <laughs> Everything about this scene is brilliant. Like, I'm, just, Brad, I'm telling you, Bronson Pinchot is just genius in, this, in the way this whole
1: thing's set up. And I gotta wonder, like this, I, there's got to be a true story where some shit like this happened in L. A., right? I mean, I'm sure it's happened like I, 17 like, different times
0: with, within the past right? couple of weeks.
1: <laughs> or just like, it's just the humor of this.
3: Is that the Godzilla lady, Maria Petillo? No, yeah, no. I thought it was Gretchen Mall for a second, but it's not her. No no, no, no,
0: you're right. No, it is Maria Petillo. You're right, Mark. Sorry. <laughs>
3: What is, yeah, the Godzilla lady. Yeah, because it's her one movie. <laughs> like, what else? Then either other than that, she's charming in that. I don't know why she didn't have. Well, I guess because it got because
0: the shitty movie. Yeah, see, that's why.
3: <laughs> Aaron, there's a steelbook version coming out. I don't know if you noticed. Oh yeah, I saw that.
1: A, a second steelbook version coming out. It's probably on order from Aaron. He's a
0: good
2: for you to reconsider the film. Hey, good soundtrack he, he, though. Good sound. I like. The-
1: he got offered it for review. But he said, "No, I'm buying this thing. You don't <laughs> need <should> to send it." <laughs> Oh, here we go! They're be- here there. They are. We are here. are the, here we the, the two heroes of the movie, <laughs> Chris and Tom's. Like uh, these guys come in, and there's a whole new energy that just takes <laughs> it to the finish line. Like I, them talk. Oh gosh, what? The, why does it lead to
0: more stuff with just these two? And I guess Ed Louder since he comes in as like the captain. Look like, clear, right? Second. Yeah.
1: <laughs> so the the scene where they're talking with the captain here in a moment is like the epitome of what. Every like cool guy or like cop, like they want this scene. The rest of the nineties, there are so many attempts, and nobody can pull it off. Like this is this,
0: this is what Anthony LaPaglia wants from Alan Arkin in So I American. <laughs> <Expert>. Yes, <laughs> there you go. Yeah,
1: yes.
2: I love I mean, that bit. That bit kills oh every time.
1: But like this is this is what this is perfection right right here of what essentially tries to get knocked off the rest of the decade and just. Sometimes hits, sometimes doesn't.
0: Because like the the rhythm of this is so fun. Yes. Like it's just everything, and it's not even like they're cool guys. It's fucking Tom Sizemore, no, and Chris it, Bed. <laughs> like,
1: like, like the B Squad, right? Yeah, like it's, yeah,
0: they're so, but they're so animated and fun ed louder has a full head of hair i don't know what's going on he's got all yeah. this stuff happening
1: coming home in a body bag. good fucking movie yeah, yeah they, they <laughs> stopped to, to, to
0: compliment <laughs> hey, great movie. movie yeah yeah, <laughs> yeah. oh God. i believe he it. this is prime size more too like, yeah. he's like oh yeah he's in his zone
2: but it's nice seeing him be like this too like just enjoyable not he's not easy right. yeah
3: he was in both of these non-tarantino movies, but he was never in a tarantino movie yeah right? Right. Oh wow. Yeah, he was in Crimson Tide, right? Mm-hmm. No. He's not, he's not yeah, in Crimson. He, yeah, he's not. Crimson Tide. Yeah, Crimson Tide, yeah. Everyone was in Crimson Tide. Sizemore's
0: not, not in Crimson
2: Tide. He's,
0: he's not, not. No. no, he's an enemy of the state. Oh, enemy of the state.
3: Isn't Sizemore one of the guys on one of the no, of- no you yeah. got
0: you got Vigo, you got Gandolfini, you got mm-hmm. Danny Pino, of course, from Titanic. Uh, <laughs> but uh, no, I don't think Sizemore's not in there.
2: Oh, and Vigo.
1: Oh, did we Him- miss the and I part? Yeah, Nicholson and that—that <laughs> <Nicholson and> that. <laughs> that scene right there, just oh, so good.
2: Great Between Vigo movie. and Gandolfini and Crimson Tide, there was a lot of smirking, or like yeah, a lot of. that
0: in there? Like Matt Craven's uh, in there, Desunda.
2: Oh, uh, good old Danny Nucci.
0: Yeah, Nucci, Ricky Schroeder, of course. Ryan Phillippe's got a small part in there. But no, yeah, enemy of the states. The that because that's like those those Bruckheimer years where it's like, get them all. <laughs> like let's, <laughs> let's put them all in there.
2: And that bl- one got just, a little ridiculous, right? Like it just so many people kept popping Jack up.
1: Jack Black's in it. Uh was is that the Jack,
2: Jack Black in? Yeah. Or
4: who's there's in the a car? Busey.
0: With... A, it, it, there's, there's Scott Kahn and okay. and um and a uh, Yeah. They're, they're like Busey. The, they're those two, and then there's like all the guys in the chair, which is yeah, it's Jack yeah. Black. Seth Seth Green is one of them. Yeah, Seth Green. Yeah, that's um, right, yeah. Uh, Jamie
3: Jamie Kennedy. That's the other one.
1: Oh, uh, all right. Yep, yep. yep.
0: Yeah,
3: what do you think the Badlands? Did that come from Tony Scott or from? Tony I'm Smith? sure it comes from
0: Tony Scott. It's like just the, cause he's cause he's getting like Hans Zimmer in here to do the music and everything, and he like, even if, like even if there's like a voiceover, I'm sure it's still like modeled from whatever the screenplay was to fit more into this. Yeah, especially because of like because there's such a forward path in the romance the romance plot of this compared to what Tino Tarantino's version would have been. I think the Badlands thing is more of a way that Tony Scott probably came to shape the film.
3: Because I can, but I can see how bad he would have loved Badlands, Tarantino. How sure, I, I don't think he
0: hates. You know, I don't think he's against it. But I, based on the structure of this movie compared to a non-linear version, it feels more like Tony Scott's. Yeah. Even if they, could have been a part of a conversation they have, but it just seems like if you're because Tarantino probably also wouldn't, like, he wouldn't use the music so directly and, like, make it so overtly Badlands, right? He'd he'd have the, you know, maybe in the back of his mind and referenced in some way in the dialogue, but it would, like, structurally make it feel the same, you know, have, have any kind of inkling that would say, this is definitely Malik inspired like, the way Tony Scott's trying to
3: do. Oddly enough, at some point later in the decade, Malik ended up living on uh, um, the couch of uh, Hans Zimmer. That's where he wrote hmm. the line for some reason he was living on Hans Zimmer's couch maybe they had a conversation about this that led to a,
0: the, uh, the one thing Tarantino doesn't like in this movie is Dick and Floyd's apartment because he doesn't like that they have giant movie posters with so much framing because he doesn't think they would be able to afford that kind of framing for mm-hmm.
2: those movie posters I used to get cheap frames from Walmart those don't expensive. look like cheap frames they look like professional uh, frame jobs point. and he
0: thinks these guys are too like yeah we had stuff like that when i was in my 20s ironically framed stuff but were they great frames or just like frames you pick up at a random store
3: they were frame store frames
0: okay well not everyone had mega bucks like yancy back in the 90s yeah i had
3: the cheap ones
0: floyd and dick weren't going to pier one to get fancy frames
3: i think this is based on a thing called the dude house where all the archives guys live together um Including Tarantino.
2: Man, Brad Pitt really milks that beer. I've had to do this. I, I figured out how much he eats in all of his movies. I'm doing a new thing where I'm figuring out how much he drinks on top of that. And I kept waiting, watching this movie, waiting for him to drink that beer. And he never does. Mm-hmm. He doesn't eat as much as he eats. Yeah, he's it's more stoned
0: weird. in this movie, so he doesn't really have time.
2: <laughs> a lot of gun
0: porn in this scene where they're just like racking it up. Gorn. Yeah. yeah. Gorn. John Woo would be proud. Like, look at all this. Which I guess is more of an emphasis. Like, things are about to get bad. (laughs) This is not going to go well.
2: Good old Paul Ben Victor. He had a chainsaw fight with JCVD and Maximum Risk. Damn right he did. Mm -hmm. Who did? (laughs) Uh, Paul Ben Victor. Um, The the mob hench guys. He saws an entire pig in half. It takes about 20 seconds.
0: Is Risk, is
2: that the twin one? No, that's the uh, Natasha at the Hentridge beginning. One.
1: At the beginning, he's got a twin brother that Wait, bites oh. it, and then and then uh,
2: yeah, what all, What is, other he comes in? <laughs> Wait,
1: if I say the twin one, I feel like I narrowed that down because
2: <laughs> he that's... has what double impact, oh,
3: impact double
1: impact. There's he has another one, there's, too. Um, replicant, uh, there's I think <laughs> one my... of the Universal Soldiers features two he's, of them,
3: it's killed, and then his brother comes along, or whatever it is, yeah,
0: yeah, yeah. 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 Okay, I guess maximum if. <laughs> Maximum Risk is the only one I've seen. That's all of Henstridge, right? That's that's the yes. ol- that's the only yeah. that's the only twin <laughs> jCPp <J-Z> movie <laughs> that I've seen apparently.
1: Now I didn't get to the chase, but I did see Maximum Risk opening weekend at the theater. So.
3: <laughs> I would have gone for too.
1: Yeah, that was I part of it.
3: I might have
2: actually gone for Henstridge. <laughs> hey, Sizemore's in Species. Well, he was good in that role too, right? No, that was Madsen. Oh, that's Madsen. Madsen. That's Come Madsen. on, man. Please, he's please. in
3: the Relic. Oh yeah, <laughs> he's in the other. Get it together, future. Mark. <laughs> yeah, man, yeah. more you can do that Madsen,
2: Sizemore. Madsen. Sizemore size more. Madsen size more.
0: Voight's an Anaconda. Okay, are we all set <laughs> on the monster movies?
2: They don't.
0: Voight Trejo, Stoltz Jonathan Hyde, huh?
2: <laughs> the O W.
0: Yeah! Wow, Stark. <laughs> oh my god, it's really big.
2: I guess if you want to create a tough villain, you have him kill Danny Trejo first. So that was smart about Anaconda.
0: Yeah. Mm. Oh, they, yeah. They set the bar really high. (laughs) Came from the floorboards. He was really pissed at Danny Trejo. Bama. Rappaport's so naive. He's like, you got to do that to the basketball? (laughs) Right like he's face. buying it. Like there's there's, there's nothing hey, not innocent about this man. Look at this TV. De- look at this TV parking again. This kills me. <laughs> Every time I watch this movie, he's like parks right outside the hotel. It's just over just nothing's a problem.
1: Here's the thing. Rapport saw Deadly Friend. He knows how badly a basketball can hurt <laughs> someone in the head.
2: Thrown by Christy Swanson. hmm Who's in Buffy? What a great throw.
0: really dressed. up I think Lee Donnell would says something like that too. They really, you guys dressed up for the occasion. <laughs> sort of wearing their Hawaiian shirts. And more
1: like good a couple of work. dorks.
0: <laughs> Even the hotel smoky. It's the middle of the day. <laughs> the hotel's <Yeah>. not smoking.
2: <laughs> I would love that role. Give me a tube of death.
0: I like size more here. You're an actor, motherfucker. Act.
1: <laughs> yes. <laughs> Oh, would they They start geeking out over uh, Slater on this scene. Yeah. They're like, I love this. This guy's, yeah, this guy's great. Is great. <laughs> yeah, I
4: love this.
2: <laughs> the sides of his hair just have... they just... am poking out. The witness immediately jumps to him, like being suspicious,
0: like right. after him. He's just so big about it, and he's like absolutely <laughs> right. That's the yeah. other thing. Like he, he's bluffing, but he should be on his guard. Like he should know this. This is where Pinchot becomes like the lead for a bit because he has to like take over, right? He has to like man up and be like, You're full of shit. I don't believe you. <laughs> oh.
1: They're just all laughing at it. It's so good.
0: So this movie, as you mentioned already, it uh flopped at the box office pretty hard. Oh, Didn't do much at all. It's got a 12 million budget, made 12 million back. Uh that's not good. <laughs> that's uh, that's remarkably bad uh for a film like this. That said. Obviously, it has a cult audience. Like, people like it. It's uh has its fans or what have you. And this was back in, when this came out on, like, DVD, like, the second time. This is back when Warner Brothers could go all out for a random movie like this that mm-hmm. only became an audience after the fact, right? And it, I I was very happy getting this, like, deluxe package that they said now where it's, like, it's like multiple commentaries, scene select commentaries from, like, all the different actors. Like, you have Val Kilmer talking about this movie for 15 minutes because it's like, yeah, why not? I could do that. Yeah both Behind the scenes documentaries or whatnot, like they really packed this thing. You know, the the director's cut and the theatrical cut on two discs.
1: Tarantino's big on home video for his stuff, so if he's into it, they're gonna go with what he wants. He's gonna make sure it gets done. So that's that. That's a helper too. Plus, you know, yeah, it is a favorite. And back when they would roll the dice on something being a cult hit, appealing again. Plus, I'm sure catalog video sales were there to.
0: Yeah, it's I'm like, sure at that point. This, Probably so. a cable staple at that point. So it's like, yeah, we yeah. can release it. Because it's like, because those those deluxe Warner Brothers packages were like, Unforgiven would get it and be like, yeah, that makes yep. sense. And it's like, True Romance yeah. got one. It's like, okay. Yeah. Kevin Corrigan.
2: Oh, wow.
1: Yep. look, Kev.
0: He's grown up since so Goodfellas. <laughs> He's standing.
1: <laughs> yeah.
0: <laughs> look at all these Goombas.
1: Hey, him and Rappaport right?
0: Yeah. 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 It's a great, it's the, the origin oh, no, of, wait. ground for life. Is, is oh No, you're, you're mixing Oregon. them. We're mixing them together. Yes. ground for life is him. <laughs> it's it's the, the war at home, home.
1: Yes. <laughs> Sorry. Woo, but you believed for a sec. That's how close those shows were. We got both in Titus and then there was Titus there was
0: Titus. Yeah. Yeah. We got both imitators though. We got, we got the, you know, small man, Christopher Walken, Kevin Corrigan, and we got yeah. small man Jack Nicholson, Christian Slater
1: which i believe we've talked about this on other commentaries before which is funny
0: probably yes <laughs> because <laughs> of our mutual appreciation for fox sitcoms fox of the sitcoms. early 2000s yep.
4: <laughs>
2: <laughs> i love when pit lets go like this and has fun in his roles like uh, you yeah. can tell he just loves this spot like yeah, after I like, like seeing him go weird.
0: Once we got away from the '90s, he he was on. Well, once he and, and Fincher decided, you know what, we can have a little more fun in our movies. Uh, yeah, he uh, really let up. Once he gets to like Fight Club, and it's like, yeah, all right, Mexican oceans. I can just, I can turn <laughs> away from some of this and loose a little bit. Everyone is so intense in this room. <laughs> like the way they immediately are. These bodyguards they have. Who's that guy too? Didn't we talk? We talked oh, about gosh, him. Yeah, we we talked about him. In, he's in something else that we we saw where uh, we watched. We we're like, that's the guy that's Lee's done bodyguard and oh. oh. Eric Allen Kramer. What did we watch him in recently? Men in Tights, Robin Hood. Men oh, in Tights. He's oh, little, yeah, he's yeah, little John. Yeah, 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 little he's John. Little John yes, and Robin yes. Hood. Men in Tights.
1: <laughs> yes.
0: Same summer. Big Kramer Summer.
1: Big Kramer Summer. Man, he is not taking in the box office, but hey, (laughs) he's present. He's still working.
0: He was on the Connors.
2: Oh, wait, that's American Reunion guy?
0: Okay. okay, wait, wait.
2: Wait, was he in American Reunion, that guy? The one you were just talking about? Is he dancing? No, no, never mind.
1: Oh, oh, oh! You're talking about American Wedding. The guy. Oh, that's what the... it is. Yeah, okay.
2: yeah,
0: yeah. Wrong guy. No, you're right. He is an American Wedding.
1: He is, is he? He is he's the guy.
0: Bear. Yes, he is. Yeah, bear American Wedding. Oh,
1: yeah. he's guy... a deep hole. Oh wow! That's got the. That's the. He's in the funniest scene in the movie.
0: This stuff with. The dailies behind him for yep. Body Bags, bags 2. 2.
1: Body bags, yeah.
0: <laughs> the title. Like... I like it. They make a sequel to like, so apparently he's produced what? Some kind of like Platoon Apocalypse Now war classic that like won Oscars and stuff in this universe. Oh yeah, because the
1: way they talk about Body Bags is what you read about Platoon. Yeah. So that's obviously, yeah.
0: So it's like, that's what his claim to fame seems to be right that like he's a big producer on that movie and the idea that they'd make a sequel somehow to it like like if you
1: you
0: ask Oliver Stone it's like hey how about Platoon 2 what (laughs) what what would that be (laughs) takes another tour of duty (laughs) (laughs) right
1: he meanwhile over here
0: Barringer's brother wants to get revenge on him like
1: right (laughs)
0: Saul Rubinick, who like last we saw was pissing his pants in Unforgiven. Um, it's so fun, like as this hotshot producer mm-hmm. who immediately forms a kinship with Clarence. Pretty much everyone forms a kinship of Clarence. Well, it, a, it, yeah,
1: it but it's a kinship it. where you know It's one-sided, he's like, yes. He's I mean, like he's like, oh, in some other life, this kid would have been a thing, but I ain't doing shit with him now. You know, that's kind of like
0: because he's this, I think it's because he's like an anomaly in his system. It's like, I, I don't know this man. He's not an actor. He's not trying to get anything from me. I mean, I just, in a way, this is
1: Tarantino talking to like a Weinstein and what they to see. A, to you a Joe Silver. Um, or Joel, yeah. yeah.
0: But I think because it, it's like, it's not the normal person he deals with. It's like, right. yes, I do want, I want to see what this is. I don't, I don't know what you're trying to sell me, but I'm. I'm just curious enough to have you in my home for a bit here. He's
1: like, you actually enjoy the shit I make. Okay. Yeah. Like, all right. He's not blowing smoke up my ass. Yeah. yeah.
0: These guys are listening in, including Michael Beach in oh, the escalation as more and more people enter this hotel and you just know everything's going to go terrible at some point. Oh, yeah.
1: Everybody's coming home in a body bag. <laughs> Even Cody.
0: Like, is there, I like, like, Enemy of the State, he tries to top it as far as the amount of people within, like, his Mexican standoff endings. Mm-hmm. But, like, there's a lot of people that die in this sequence.
1: <laughs> oh, this is just, in such short. And, and the funny thing is, it is such small proximity, like yeah. the, the amount of room to shoot and run around in this room. Uh huh. It's it's absurd, but it works. Because, I mean, they get, they give you the layout and this is I mean, this place is not that big, like and it's going to be a jungle itself.
0: This becomes one of the other main scenes that's edited for the theatrical version versus the director's cut. It's like the violence is the main thing throughout all of this. The violence in the giant the James Gandolfini sequence, the violence in the Drexel mm-hmm. sequence, the violence in this scene. These are all the areas that they trimmed stuff down. Uh, but they make a notable change here, where like in this one, in the original, in the cut we're watching, Patricia Arquette's going to be the one that kills Chris Penn's character. And the theatrical version, she does it. It's one of the other like they. It's an and it's an awkward edit because it just like it just goes from one to the other and makes an implication because they didn't shoot it that way. But it, they imply that like one of the goomba guys shoots Chris Penn's character. This one they make it clear that Alabama got in on the action and all of this. And it's a unique like set because you know we have Clarence and Alabama. They're the leads of this movie. Clarence right. is out of it by the time we get to the shootout. Yeah. He is not involved right, in the finale yeah. of this whatsoever, and he gets taken out, almost, if anything, too.
1: Christian he disappears for big chunks. <laughs>
2: yeah. It's probably good you don't focus the whole movie on him, though. It's nice to bring... like uh, balanced, He'd be balanced. a lot yeah. for two hours. Yeah. It'd be like Jason Lee Mulrats or Well, no, he's in that a lot. I
1: mean, while well, they're are clear leads and you know protagonists in this like it is more ensemble than mm-hmm. what's well, the nature of the movie that's Italian, again yeah. why
0: it while it's it's cool in retrospect as far as look at all these people in this movie and these disparate plot lines that's also why you can't sell this movie in the in a most effective <laughs> right. way because it's like and it's look at all tarantino this
1: stuff. Tar- tarantino's always ensemble like that's how he rolls He loves his side characters, so he can't. He's...
0: But there's also a more like defining quality of his later, because you know, it's right? Not like Tarantino doesn't have many flops, <laughs> so it's like his his movies tend to have a defining quality about them, as far as what they are. Where this one is a little more scatter at least in '93 mm-hmm. when they're trying to market it. Like Pulp Fiction gets by because it's a it's a prestige can film festival winner, so it doesn't have to really explain much beyond this is exciting. It's from that guy that did that thing you might have heard of, and it features these people, including John Travolta. Go see it.
1: Yeah, it's. I mean, it still had that punk rock element of Reservoir Dogs exactly. yeah for sure. as well. So it was still. Fresh. That's what I'm saying.
0: It's this like it's this thing that you should know about. You should be in on that thing. It happened to be yeah. just a huge hit. Jackie Brown wasn't that, so it you know didn't do well by comparison because it wasn't more of the thing that you wanted.
1: It wasn't. Yeah, it wasn't. I mean, it was like, I'm not. I don't want to call it running in place, but the evolution hmm. wasn't as big of a jump between.
0: But just, Jackie, it, it, Jackie just, it, just jumps, it just it just jumps it just jumps different way. That's <laughs> it doesn't jump forward. Right. It jumps like to a different angle that you weren't expecting. Right. And then Kill Bill, you like that's an easy marketing campaign right there. Uma Thurman's back with Tarantino. She's a fucking mm-hmm. assassin. Look at all these people she had to kill. Like that's that's an easy set it that works. It's two parts. Go see them. She's in a Bruce Lee <laughs> like, outfit yeah. like
1: that. Yeah.
0: Leans hard on the
2: genre. It's kill right. Bill. She wants to kill Bill. Like Brian House is a... just
0: too confusing. Apparently, although I i don't
1: know no i i think to a lot of people at that point it was like hey look we intentionally made bad movies come see it like so to joe schmo like what is, what's what's that the appeal of grindhouse with that but... mm-hmm.
0: then Inglorious bastards huge hit brad pitt he thinks he wants to kill nazis done <laughs> yep. also it's secretly the english is the fourth most important language in that movie but you still came anyway right. and you saw it so you're good like <laughs> right <laughs> jango jamie Foxx, and kirsten waltz are cowboys they got to go fight leonardo dicaprio Boom. easy <laughs> you, can sell, you can sell this stuff really quickly right
3: or by the time pulp fiction comes out basically because people had caught up with these movies by 94 mm-hmm. and with the, with the with the reviews coming out of can i mean people knew who he was so
0: in this climax Boris is the worst bodyguard possible. Like he's, uh. a mean, he's like, I don't care if they're cops. I'm going to keep putting our Uzis at them because we outflanked them. <laughs> like, that's, that's how it goes. Not a problem for me. Boris, the bodyguard. I can handle this. Don't worry, boss. And now more people come in. And it's crazy. And the best is the two <laughs> the two things in this center that I focused on is one is Rappaport who's like yep. I am too innocent for any of this and I'm happy yeah Pinchot. exactly and he gets away like rightfully he, he runs the yeah. fuck out of there
1: he's got to <laughs> be on TJ Hooker the next generation That's, yeah
0: next generation Hooker and the other one obviously is Bronson Pinchot. who's like I need to raise my hand and say I want to get out <laughs> Like the worst like, there's no reason he should be doing this but it's like I feel like I should say something here's our last Val Kilmer scene. Mm-hmm. Where you get the clearest look at him, sort of.
1: Yep, in the mirror. Yeah, you can tell it's him.
2: I do distinctly remember thinking this was maybe one of the first films when like four groups converge in one tiny room and all point guns at each other. Like everyone comes together. I know that it happened before, but I hadn't watched a lot of those movies. So I remember just feeling how cool this was that you had all these different sides. And it's so so handy because they all take care of each other. Well, like Brandon
0: said, it's the proximity that makes it so like intense. so
1: (laughs) small. like Like, it's it's comedically intense as far as this isn't the good is bad and the ugly where they are like miles apart from each other staring down this is you're gonna get hit by a bullet And,
0: (laughs) and, and the thing that sets it off it's not like any of the bad guys do something it's lee throws coffee on and <laughs> therefore Lee has to get shot in the chest multiple times right like how does the news explain what happened in this violent shootout involving movie producer lee donowitz <laughs> emerges in beverly hilton hotel tonight
1: uh, you know the headline was like coming home in a body bag producer is <laughs> now producer comes home, home in, in body, body bag. bag yeah
0: Rip your SAG card out of this movie for good, and that's his death wish. He can shine multiple times because of that. Science war has gone first. The other cops the are spinning. gone. Pen Pen and Beach survive for a while here, they, even though they have just revolvers. Oh, Elliot! Elliot gets taken out immediately; like <laughs> he's gone.
2: <laughs> Deep blue Sea twos, Michael Beach.
1: Get that very yeah. No, I call it Deep Blue Romance, but maybe True Blue Sea.
2: (laughs) True Blue Sea? Christian Slater
1: pokes his head out, and he gets Mm -hmm. a bullet. It's just immediate. That's how crazy shit gets. Yeah.
0: And Alabama's had enough at that point. Boris is gone.
2: I love that feathers are everywhere. They talked about feathers being everywhere for four days.
0: Oh, this is great. This is pure John Woo right here. (laughs) That's what this feels like. Slow motion, like I know, like Tony Scott's already doing. Like he's doing stuff very similar to 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 Woo, but and like look at these shots. We're like yeah. we're the next to the the projection, and so you got oh, the yeah. light on him. It's so good. And yeah Rappaport's like, "Here are the drugs. I'm out of here. <laughs> like get the fuck out of this room."
1: corrigan jumps off. That's yeah.
0: Yeah, these these Italian gangsters it's seem the... like they're living out movies. Also, like they're like, right. yeah, this is gonna be cool, right? We'll jump in the air, it'll work. Right in the face, you got Donnie Darko'd. Yeah,
2: (laughs) so many feathers. Just
0: enough time to throw in another racial epithet right at the end there. (laughs) The crisp, like fake Italian. (laughs) (laughs) What is this guy's plan? Oh, I threw my shotgun over the couch. Now I'm going to surprise the two of them that are armed and pointing guns at me. <laughs> Although he hits beach, so I don't know. Oh. I guess... Uh, uh, What's his name? yeah, uh, Abdul's going to have to get revenge on him, too.
4: <laughs>
0: After he gets off. <laughs> him, <man. laughs> yeah, <it> is. <laughs> oh, is that... <laughs> One false move, yeah. He's a, he's Michael Beach, yeah. Oh, what else he was in? Oh man, Billy Packs. Well, well, he's he's yeah, he's he's uh, what's his fucking name? Mantis? What's the Mantis? Hey, Aqual, man- yeah, man. Not Not Mantis. It's not, man, that's no, that's Guardian. Pr-
2: praying Mantis. No, Red's no Black Mantis. Manta. Black Manta. Manta.
0: Black Black Manta. Jesus Christ. Black yeah, he's Manta. he's Black Manta's dead an Aquaman. <laughs> uh, it's <laughs> it's so sad how he dies dude. He like takes yeah. a small hit this in the this in the stomach and just kind of. <laughs> Out on the couch. This guy, I don't even know how this guy got to the ground floor. <laughs> like, yeah. He's at the bottom of the hotel. <laughs> <Feathers>. <laughs>
2: he that
0: far. How do you make it that far? And then, like, <laughs> and then, like, he's not Here being comes. chased by anybody. Like, how would they think he? <laughs> Here it comes. Yeah. <laughs> I'll call you a hearse. Cody. Again the pure fantasy i mean it's like all of these guys are living out these like dream versions mm. of what they think it is to be cops and and hit men and whatnot like there's no there's nothing real to any of this. like
1: this is for cody and that's not even like did he get is that the dude who shot him
0: yeah and it's not even okay. one of like the italian guys it's the it's mm-hmm. the bodyguard like you just bring him in to arrest him yeah. you know, shoot him point blank in the face right And yeah, I think if you're in the theater watching this for the first time, you've gone on this journey. You want them to live. You don't want Christian Slater to get killed off right well, now. What like, was
1: it all for? Exactly, like, and like, and, yeah, it, yeah. And,
0: and because it's so like on the side, like it's not like he even went out in any kind of significant way. He just like took a hit, like at random during this giant gunfight. He wasn't involved with. And because Alabama is like crying, it's like yeah, give her a win. She wisely takes the money. This guy's plan is so flawed. Take like a hostage. Mm-hmm. It's worse than Sizemore and Heat. Oh,
1: he's keeping oh. them distracted.
0: I, for sure. He's helping them out. That's for sure. Yep.
2: I like that she carries him out. Like, I remember that too. Like, she. She, she took the beating.
1: She
0: carried him out. Yeah, like... yeah well, it's a you know, it's it's a two hander. Like, uh, he cared for her,
2: and now she's caring for him. I guess this is in the nineties. It felt a little different. <laughs> I was like, hey, this is cool. <laughs> I haven't seen too much of this. Hey, look, they're parked right outside the yeah. monthly dollars.
0: So like, just get away. <laughs> <Man>. <laughs> There's so many cops pulling into the hotel.
1: And they're just like, <laughs> oh, here we go. The guy with blood. They probably, probably just innocent bystander got hit,
0: and they're gone. These oh, pink man. skies are great, yeah. Pure Tony Scott, and the music kicks back into
2: man. She's so good in this movie, Arquette. Mm-hmm. She's so good. Good, vo- it's good voice, it's good voiceover stuff,
0: too. I don't think about it very oh. often, but it's good, it's good voiceover. The movie was well-reviewed, despite the fact that it did poorly. People liked the movie.
1: Just a couple years, she'd uh, start shooting Boyhood.
2: Yeah. Oh, wow. <laughs> yeah.
1: Which would win her an Oscar.
2: Deservedly so, right? She was, Oh, yeah. She One, was wonderful in that movie. Terrific she's wonderful
1: in, in a lot of things. Like It was a long time coming.
2: She's great in,
0: what, Bringing Out the Dead? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah. yeah. She had that medium show forever that was on? Yeah, like,
1: <laughs> yeah.
2: Make that syndication money
1: she's someone who can float between like high arts and prestige, like fun <laughs> like she's she's very bouncy in terms she can she'll fit anything you put her into
2: is that movie? charm like so bad it's good what? i haven't what? watched a little nicky in a long time i don't know if there's i there's a
1: couple to. funny laughs but it's, it's a movie uh...
2: i like when he flicks her off i don't know why but that was kind of like a <laughs> reaction to it like i enjoy
0: the idea of sandler like going going for it with a character mm-hmm. but like that's not one of the ones that does it for me like i like zohan more in that regard <laughs> yeah. as far as like some of that's just pure like like craziness with him playing a, a full-on character Fizzy bubbly like even Waterboy, he's like doing a thing. Like, right?
2: <laughs> I like me some Hubie Halloween.
0: Yeah, and that's him doing a thing again, too. Yeah, that's yeah. you know, it's, That's my preferred horror-themed Sandler comedy of <laughs> the, the two of those, I guess. <laughs> Not including all the Hotel Transylvania.
1: I love how they have Floyd parentheses Dick's roommate in case there's another <laughs> Floyd. <laughs> Floyd
0: D. Oh, oh there was two Floyds. Oh, name some stunt guys in here. Who are your stunt people in Peserni here? is legit.
2: Okay.
0: S.H. Perry?
1: Why'd they get Rick?
2: Yeah. That wasn't our pair. Uh, stunt coordinator Perry?
1: Scotch dopal It's a good name. Oh, uh, ooh, what happened here? Oh, uh, your car? Oh, I scotched a pole.
0: <laughs> that flew by. <laughs> we're like at the yeah, credits. yeah, no. No, yeah, like, what? yeah no. do, we, do we talk about it
2: enough? When I hit the button to see how far along we were, yeah, it goes, it moves.
0: Well, you mentioned we were like an hour in, Brad. I was like, we are. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> right? this movie. Well, you said Yancey like it does have this kind of propulsion to it.
3: Oh yeah. yeah. That's his stock and trade. I mean, when is there ever a boring moment in a Tarantino script? Never. Or a
0: Tony Scott film. Like, Well, Spy Game is my answer for that question. But I mean, there's not, there's not a lot of downtime
3: in Tony Scott movies. Where are you saying? Spy Game is one of the few that I don't gotten to. But boy, I've really turned around on Tony Scott. I hope Criterion pulls that stencil Washington, Tony Scott box out. Oh, of my like God. It. I'd fucking love oh, it. Oh, my whoa. deja
0: vu on Criterion. Go oh, give it to me unstoppable yes
3: yes unstoppable
0: so- one of one of the best of the my final film director movies like it's it's, mm-hmm.
3: so, it's such a good film entire career movies too because i didn't back on oh, this guy's great what was i thinking <laughs> a domino i really like too strange. domino yeah. i'm
0: so Domo's big a on fun domino. movie yeah I like I, I'm glad we're all pro duck because, like, oh man, it was not easy to be the guy that was fine with Domino back when it came
1: out. No, it was that people were so <laughs> people hated against Domino. that movie. It like... was
0: weird, like, how, like how, how against it they were. And meanwhile, I'm sitting there be like, well, Roger Ebert was good with it. So, like, what are you talking about?
1: I, I think, too, there was like a kind of an anti Kira Knightley bit with that because she doesn't she like to play ball with the media like they would probably want her back then. And I, the movie rocked.
2: It's the one, one thing her, that got me. One is, of the rare sure times I'm... she does
0: a contemporary movie too. Like she doesn't do that. Yeah, very well. she does for on purpose because the roles aren't great when she does contemporary stuff. Look yeah. at Jack Ryan. Like, so. Oh gosh, the wife. Oh so, yeah, if Tony Scott's gonna offer the chance to play a bounty hunter that badasses it around with Mickey Rourke, like, yeah, right?
2: Terrible. The one thing that hit me was I'm pretty sure I have misophonia phonia miso like the, when people smack gum I have like a oh, really bad so like what? I have a really bad reaction to people smacking like it's not normal and that whole movie it's gum smacking so it was like really hard for me to sit there like I was like I it was fine but I I deal really bad with smacking gum like I can't focus
0: oh, it does have a lot of characters that you're yeah, right and it and it's not of. like a
2: it's not normal like what it, what it is uh, but yeah, so that whole movie when they were smacking gum, I was just in misery, not because of the movie, just because the, the smacking sounds.
0: Well, it'll be great when we do our domino commentary it'll be on mute so you can talk about all the things you like about it and not have to worry about it as much. Yeah, but um,
1: domino hobby
0: that trailer because we saw that because I, I was in college at that point, so we were seeing mm-hmm. movies every weekend and be the same set of us seeing movies, and every week we'd see the domino trailer. <laughs> I and I'm the only one being like Tony Scott movie, we're doing this. Yeah, and like it's like okay, I guess we're seeing that. that's like it, that's like what is it like September October two thousand five because that's like yep. um, a, a a most violent yeah most violent year Domino hit like there's a few like just real bangers that came out in a row like at that point
1: I saw a like a week a hit the a most
0: violent, his, history of violence that's what I was trying to say I'm sorry.
1: Uh, <laughs> I saw like a week before I did like a I got a screener at work for it and I saw it. I was like oh this is good and then I like nobody like liked it or whatever the vibe I was like what that movie was fun. It was a good movie. But yeah, Tony's
0: like, once like he did Man on Fire and just like went overdrive, like it's like, all right, whatever we're doing now, I'm I'm into this. I'm into Tony Scott just being mm-hmm. fully himself. He's out of Bruckheimer world. He's doing whatever he wants to now at this point. Yeah. Maybe did Oliver
2: Stone Savages kind of mimic Scott or am I... Yes, yeah, so
0: Oliver Stone Savages. Is... It, it's weird because you have Savages and you have like before the devil knows you're dead with Lament. And that movie fucking rules. Savages is like, what are we doing here <laughs> like all all we trying to be trying to be hip and young now apparently <laughs> maybe i'll watch Pelham one two three again finally and maybe i'll see something in it this time around
3: i like that remake
2: it's good and this movie about this is as quick as a commentary has gone by
0: yeah and we're done i mean the credits are over so we should <laughs> i guess we should wrap this thing up
1: all right now <laughs> on to the first special feature Uh, let's
0: just let's just put on something else let's let's put let's put on the fan
2: uh it's it's kind of a good hangout picture though isn't it because it's just different characters different little scenes you can pick up wherever you want you know where you're at so it just sort of goes there's not much there's no breakups there's no like like you guys said like a lot already there's a lot of propulsion to it but there's no like they don't fight the two of them once they get their their everything straight it As, just goes it's the
0: it's the rare movie where it's very like vignette yet also has a pretty clear plot and straightforward momentum to where it's going like it's not mm-hmm. a it's, it's somehow both of those things but anyway we're done we did it we talked about uh true romance uh, and um that's going to do it for this commentary track for this month for out now there and ape. uh but you can find everything i do at my personal on i write for lead of entertainment and Y Sublime on twitter aaron's ps4 brandon where can people find more of you online
1: you can find me at the Brady and Peter Show, the Brady and Peter Uh just wrapped up my third year of this show and beginning we'll be beginning uh year four of the very special episode with Jennifer Rafer called Podcaster Therapy. And, and I've got some good stuff going on in October, but um you'll want to be here at Out Now with Aaron and Abe too in October because there's gonna be some fun stuff here too. You, you, when, you mumble, when you mumble, it means no one can hear you on a podcast.
4: Oh, sorry, <laughs> <laughs> all right. Uh, yeah,
1: you want to be here right now in Aaron Abe in October. Uh, it's gonna be fun. And uh, uh Twitter and Instagram at Brandon4kuhd.
2: Kaufmeier,
0: <laughs> we could both find more of you.
2: When, when's this episode dropping?
0: Uh, Friday, so the 15th. Oh, okay.
2: So I got uh, the 15th. Hmm. Well, next week for the ringer, I, I. Uh, I watched all the John wick movies figured out all the kills and ranked them. So that's coming out when the continental comes out next week. So if you go there, I've ranked every single John wick kill. I spent a lot of time on that, but it's cool. So enjoy that. And then, yeah, just movies, films, and flicks movies, films, and FLX and Deep Blue see the podcast. and Yeah. But yeah, a John wick ranking.
0: And it's all one page at a time, right? So it's going to be a lengthy right, slideshow. Yeah, with a bunch of ads
2: that take. <laughs> oh up, no, 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 up. no. So I went out of my way to like really the no like the ringer doesn't do that. You just scroll down. So I, I know, just, but I uh, know yeah, the ringer's good on this. Yeah, I know. It's like it was cool. They they're like, hey Mark, you want to do this? And I've realized how much work it is, but it's fun. It's actually a franchise that gets better when you watch it at 116 speed because the stunts are just so good. But yeah, it's a lot of work but I've been swimming in violence for like the last week. So
1: swimming in violence, the Mark Hoffmeyer story.
2: ooh the sequel to Swimming with Sharks.
0: Whoa.
1: So it's got swim because you like water. So, yeah. there you go.
3: There it is. Yancey, anything you'd like to plug? Oh, well, you know, Milky Way Blues one of these days. Um, this uh, very podcast here, when you do commentaries, is my most public forum. And, uh, you know, Yancey Jack on Twitter, and Burns on Facebook. Right. You
0: can find all the other episodes of OutNow with our on iTunes, Audible, Spotify, and Stitcher. Feel free to email us at Gmail.com. Follow us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at various forms of OutNow underscore podcast. This has been our True romance commentary next month is October, which is going to be all of our horror special episodes. But we will be doing the commentary for The Exorcist. The Exorcist is the movie of the month next week, next month for commentary. Um, with all that said, Brandon, Mark, Yancey, thank you all for joining me for this true romance commentary. Thank you, thank, thank you. you,
2: thank you very much for sure. Oh, there
1: you go, right there. Right
0: <laughs> thank you here. to the listeners for listening, and until next time, so long, and you're so cool.